This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, what's up? My Take Radio episode 89 for Thursday, April 28th, 2011. The intro music you just heard was Street Fighter II's Frets of Fury. You can get that at ocremix.org, and the artist is Vertex Guy. Again, you can get that at ocremix.org. The letter O, the letter C, remix.org. The call-in number is 347 324 Three five four one. Again, that call in number three four seven three two four three five four one. All right, let's get into some housekeeping. Um, new posts on my take radio this week. We have a new Archer post from Slick that should go live probably after the show is over. We got trailers for Immortals, uh, Transformers, and a couple of other movies as well. We also have the newest soapbox from Mist regarding the always entertaining WWE NXT, and I mean that in the most fucking clown way possible, just because NXT is complete garbage. Miss does a great job of calling them out on their shit. Definitely check out Miss Soapbox for this week's WWE NXT. You will enjoy the captions that are used with the pictures from the broadcast. I found many of them quite amusing, especially the one with JTG. So props to Miss for that. Definitely take the opportunity and stop by mytakeradio.com and check that out. Make sure to share your comments in the comments box. Let us know what you think of the articles and the content. You can also do the same on the Facebook fan page. We are well on our way to 900 fans. I'd say we're about 33 fans away as of this broadcast from hitting the magical 900. I see us definitely hitting 1,000 just in time for our 100th episode of MTR. So, again, thank you to those that have already become fans. And if you haven't, what are you waiting for? Make sure to hit up Facebook.com slash MyTakeRadio. In addition to that, our Facebook um, page will be getting an update in a couple of weeks. There's some new things that I found out that we can do that hopefully will allow you guys to interact a little bit more with the show. In addition to that, our apps on the iTunes Store and on the Android Marketplace have been doing very well. We've gotten some great feedback from you guys in regards to that. You will be able to get access to exclusive content only through the apps from Android and from iTunes. There's going to be some exclusive interviews that I'm going to be using only for our MyTake Radio app owners, so be on the lookout for that. There's going to be a particular interview that should be coming up within the next few weeks that I'm sure uh, wrestling fans and techies alike will enjoy, so be on the lookout for that. Our T-shirts are in the redesign process. There are a couple of designs that are already that have already been put together, and there are some designs that I want to get finalized by being by being reviewed by a couple of people, so we'll see how it goes from there, and they should be up soon. Once that's official, I will make an announcement on our Facebook fan page for that. 
Tonight, I will be joined by the guys from Pure Fight Gear. Pure Fight Gear is a not-for-profit organization that uses all proceeds to help uh, create the next generation of MMA stars with really great activities that they do, providing just an outlet for our youth to evolve and become the future MMA stars in all aspects of the sport, whether it's as fighters or as whatever avenue they'd like to approach. They do a really great job with that. Uh, they'll be joining me at 11.30 along with Gary from MMA Gospel and his co-host, Spilled Bag of Ice. And no, you didn't hear that wrong. His co-host name is Spilled Bag of Ice. That's his moniker. There's a little story to that, which he may share with us. If you are curious about that, you can also check out past MMA Gospel broadcasts. They broadcast live every Wednesday at 8.30 Eastern on the Blog Talk Radio Network. That would be blogtalkradio.com slash MMA Gospel. They will also be joining the guys from Pure Fight Gear to discuss UFC 129 this weekend. Um, of course, GSP and Jake Shields is your main event. It will also be the last match for Randy Couture. He will be retiring from active competition after his fight with Lyoto Machida, win or lose. So definitely a big fight feel to the card overall. And it's just going to be uh, a lot of energy coming out of the, the crowd in Toronto, especially for Toronto's own George St. Pierre defending his belt. It's going to be exciting. We're going to break down the fights. I know that the guys from MMA Gospel, I almost feel bad making them uh, do fight picks again since they did them on their own show but we will be breaking down the fights and also uh, getting the thoughts from the crew from Pure Fight Gear in regards to the fights and where they see certain fighters going after this card because there's going to be a lot of changes going on, especially with some of the stuff I'm going to be discussing this week. Um, be on the lookout for that. Last but not least, we pretty much have our guest calendar for the month of May put together, so I figured I can share that with you guys. Uh, the next week I'll be joined by the guys from the Kung Fu Factory, uh, the, the creative team for the Supremacy MMA game. If you're not familiar with that, it's an independent MMA game that I wrote an article about for My Take Radio and for our content partner, MMA Valor, regarding how this game, in my eyes at the time, just did not look like something that would be good for the sport, given the brutal and violent nature that was displayed uh, from bones being broken to just the overall gritty feel. It felt more like um, an, a video game version of Fight Club than an actual MMA game. But over the last couple of weeks, I've seen uh, MMA fighters become involved, including Jens Pulver, uh, female MMA fighters, uh, Michelle Gutierrez and Felice Herrig have involved themselves. So, you know, there's there's more people going behind the brand now, which makes it makes me feel that I need to investigate this a bit further. So I did invite uh, the crew from Kung Fu Factory and the creative team for the game to come on and discuss where they want to take this game and what exactly is the message they're trying to convey in regards to making it so ultraviolet. But I have no problem with ultraviolence, but I just feel that given the sensitive nature of MMA right now in terms of mainstream acceptance, I w I've been concerned, and I'm going to address those concerns with them. They will be joining us uh, the first week of May. Uh, May 12th, I will be joined by a couple of different 
members from the competitive gaming community that are going to share their thoughts and insights on competitive gaming, how they got into it, what most motivates them to compete. Is there any money in that? What kind of opportunities have presented themselves by being involved in the competitive gaming industry? And that's going to be happening uh, May 12th. May 19th, I'm going to be joined by the Hip Hop Gamer. Uh, I'm actually looking forward to that for a couple of reasons. Hip Hop Gamer is a outspoken member of the video game community. He is um, he presents things a little differently. He ha- he really has a a large amount of fans as well as a large amount of detractors, given the way that he presents himself and how he presents gaming. I feel that there's more to him than just the persona that he portrays, much like when we had Bloodstained Lane on. It's another avenue that you can understand with regards to how these guys present themselves. They're always very knowledgeable, and the personas are just something that helps sell their brand. And you know what? I have no problem with that because even though my persona, quote-unquote, for the show is really how I am all the time, it's it's interesting to see other guys create these these exaggerated versions of themselves that add a little bit of something, almost shades of wrestling and, and things that I also equate to MMA in regards to setting yourself apart from everybody else. I feel that that's going to be a, a great uh, conversation between him and I and also just what's going on in the gaming industry, especially because he's such a huge supporter of Sony. And as we all know, Sony isn't exactly doing... Uh, really well right now with regards to what's going on with, you know, the PSN being down and uh, sensitive information being leaked and what's being done to combat it. And the video game community is very much skewed and divided as to how they should feel with, with that. And I invite those of you that are gamers and use the PSN to by all means call in during the game segment. I definitely would love to discuss that with you guys and what your thoughts are on the whole thing. So we're going to get into that as well. I am doing some changes to a couple of things this week, not only with regards to the, to the way the show set up when I have guests, but with regards to the wrestling segment. And I'll tell you guys why. Usually every week I go through and I do the wrestling segment and I, I, I enjoy it, but as I've edited the last few shows, I've noticed that the segments have r- not ran too long, but definitely just haven't haven't meshed correctly. And it's because, at least in my eyes, I feel that going over everything that happened, you know, this week in wrestling, match by match, is just a a huge pain in the ass. And it's only because everybody's seen it. So why waste time? discussing it in detail. What I'm going to do actually, and it's going to be effective starting with this episode, is I'm going to go through, I'm going to pluck a couple of things that happened, and, you know, it's going to be the high points of the broadcast, what I felt were the low points, and the complete dog shit moments. And with the draft especially, there's a couple of things I want to discuss with that, and I'm sure if she's around, Mist um, will share her thoughts on the draft, and I invite her to call in for that because there's a couple of things I want to discuss with her and she's very vocal with regards to how WWE puts their product out there and I'm sure she's going to have a lot to say about the the R-Truth segment from Raw this week so we're going to talk about that a little bit. We got our gaming news as always, we got our 
movie news, and we do have some what-the-fuck movie news this week, which I know Dark Helmet and a couple of our other listeners are fans of, so keep an eye out for that. All right. That's the rundown. Housekeeping's out of the way. I want to get into what what I've, you know, in, in, in penciled in as my opening monologue, just discussing things, just total random shit that has kind of been all over the place this week, and sometimes it's relevant to what we di- we discuss, sometimes it's not. Um, this week, I want to talk about the Barack Obama thing, whether he's born here, whether he's not born here, Donald Trump and his shitty hairline. Look, I will be the first to say that I don't give a fuck about politics. I don't give a fuck about the royal wedding either. That's the other thing that's been all over the news. Whether Obama's American and a wedding in another country are irrelevant because they don't affect anything that's happening. One thing that's always bothered me is the fact that race, and and this isn't even, you know, my political leanings or anything. It's just the fact that race plays a huge factor in politics because it's, it's almost like there's always a secondary agenda based on the color of your skin. Whether that's true or not true, I'm not here to discuss that. I just feel that to, to waste so much print in newspapers and so much airtime on television debating whether Obama's American or not is stupid. To spend time creating sound bites for yourself by saying that, that President Obama is an American, again, bullshit. I don't, uh, whether he's American or not American, people elected him. He's already in there. If it came out that he was born on the border between fucking Mexico and, and South America, would he be any less American? It's like, it's weird how how that goes and, and the kind of shit that people sit there and, and really put a lot of merit into. Gas is at fucking five, almost $5 a gallon. The country's in the shitter economically. There's no jobs, but we're worried about whether our black president is really black in the sense of is he black American or black left here? Did he swim here? Did he fucking crawl under a fence? That's the big concern. We got no money. Gas is through the fucking roof. People got no jobs. Shit is getting cut left and right. But is, a, is, is the president American? Nobody really gives a fuck. And Donald Trump, the guy's running for president, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a scumbag, but somebody's got to do it. It's either him or somebody else that's going to come and talk that shit. And I'm so used to him talking shit living in New York that it's, it's a no-brainer. The royal wedding thing, which I'll just drag into the, the monologue because it's everywhere. Um, way too much people spend way too much time giving a fuck about people that don't even live here. The guy's getting married. He's not even king. You know, he's still got his big-eared dad with his really shitty hairline that's going to be king, and then he's next in line, and the chick, whether she's a commoner or not a commoner, all this bullshit, look, they are going to eat, drink, and fuck like the rest of us, maybe on a better bed and maybe with better sheets. That's about all that differentiates them from us to an extent. Other than that, they're the same as we are. They got all the same fucking trials and tribulations that we experience, just in some cases on a public and more and, and grander scale. All these people that want to wake up at 4 a.m. to watch a wedding for a bunch of motherfuckers that they don't give two shits about are stupid. 
that's just, again, my opinion, and that's pretty much how I feel about it. And I figured I would uh, throw that out there because those are the kind of two things that have been buzzing around my ears the last couple of days. But with that, I want to get into some MMA news. I am going to leave some stuff off so I could discuss with the guys from Pure Fight Gear and Gary and Spilled Bag of Ice when they call in. But I do want to get into some stuff. So before I get into it and do the sound drop for this week, I did visit Blog Talk Radio headquarters this week. And um, I can't tell you guys what I saw uh, because of, you know, possible execution based on some papers I signed. But I will tell you that there will be improvements. So for those of you that are very critical of the sound of the show and what's going on, be aware that shit will improve. So that's all I got to tell you guys. I'm also testing new hardware this week. I'm testing a different mixer this week, and I think I've got all the bugs worked out. So if there's anything sound-wise, whether it's vocals from me or sound clips that sound differently, um, let me know just so I can adjust it and improve the listening quality of the shows, the show for you guys that are listening live. So with that out of the way, let's talk some MMA. up the news this week we are first going to start off with a bit of news regarding mayhem miller who of course we all know was in strike force and we haven't seen in a long time um he's been working on bully beatdown and, and me personally i was curious as to what what the fuck was going on with him because there was always that potential fight for nick diaz that fell through the cracks that couldn't happen that they couldn't agree on and it was announced recently that Mayhem actually signed a multi-fight agreement with the UFC. He competed once with the organization as, as a welterweight. He has a 24-7 and overall record and is fighting at middleweight right now. As of right now, there was rumors that he wouldn't be fighting very soon. But as it turns out, no sooner that I read that, that it was announced that he would be facing Aaron Simpson at UFC 132, which is going to be headlined by Dominic Cruz versus Uriah Faber. Aaron Simpson has a 4-2 record in the UFC, and that's going to be taking place July 2nd. Now, after reading a couple of things around the web, I did find out that one of the reasons why Mayhem ended up signing with the UFC is because Showtime didn't want him. I don't know how legit that is, but it seems that Caesar Gracie mentioned that Mayhem was not wanted by Showtime anymore, and these were the comments that he said with regards to that. He said, after the Nashville fight, Showtime just didn't want Mayhem anymore. They weren't happy. They told Mayhem not to go in the cage, and a couple of other incidents happened after that. What I had heard is that Showtime said, we don't want this guy on the network again, so he was stuck. That's the reason why you haven't seen him fight. His only option at that point was to be transferred over. 
it's, it's a good move for him. He's a tough guy, and we'll see how he does in the UFC. Um, I am happy to see Mayhem finally find a home, whether it was with the UFC or with Strikeforce, only because the persona that he has is, is great in terms of just connecting with the fans. He's, he's brash, he's funny, he's crazy. He, he has these extravagant and, and nutty entrances, which I'm sure we won't see in the UFC. But he just adds another, another player to the middleweight division. So seeing Mayhem in the UFC is not a bad thing. I would have liked to have seen him fight Nick Diaz, which is something I'm going to discuss later on in the broadcast regarding Nick Diaz's future. But Mayhem in the UFC is nice, and I think it'll, it, it'll add a little bit more excitement to the middleweight division. He has his detractors, but I like watching him fight. He's, he's exciting. He, he helps build fights really well, whether it's through trash talking or, or just helping to sell the fight. I think Mayhem has a, has a very strong character that fits in well in the grand scheme of things, especially in the middleweight division for the UFC. So, again, I'm very happy for that. Rich Franklin is in the news this week also. It was announced that he will be taking on Antonio Rogerio Noguera at UFC 133. Uh, UFC officials announced that this week, and that's going to be taking place August 6th in Philadelphia. Um, the matchup was announced but it hasn't been fully confirmed, and the guys at MMA Junkie reported that. So once it's 100% on the, on the ball, I will say that it is official. Rich Franklin and Nagara is, is a good fight. I think that there's going to be a, a, a definite stand and trade session in that. I don't think that's going to go to the ground too much, only because Rich Franklin has really good striking, and it, it, it's, it, it's, a, it's a good fight for him. A lot of people kind of feel that Rich Franklin's kind of in limbo with – his fights and his career. And I think that Rich Franklin has some good fights left in him. I don't know about title runs, but he, he's always a good fighter to have because he's exciting to watch. In some Gina Carano news, which I didn't think I'd be discussing till at least the end of June, it was announced that she has switched camps from Extreme Couture to go and train with Greg Jackson in Albuquerque, New Mexico. When asked about it, Greg Jackson shared his thoughts and let me just break down some of the stuff that he said. When asked about how it came about, he said that she called me up and said, hey, can I come down to Albuquerque and train? I said, sure. So she came down to train. When asked why he took Carano in, he said, we don't have any 145-pounders, and she's really sweet and really nice. So those are things you look for. And she's talented, very talented. I almost felt creeped out reading that statement because to say she's really sweet and nice and then put in the mixed in with you don't have 145 pounders training with us was a little, you know, it sounded a little bit more than meets the eye. And I'm just fucking around. Greg Jackson's a cool dude, but it, the, the statement itself just sounded a little creepy. When asked about his impression of Gina, he said she's really talented. She works hard and does what's expected, and I'm impressed. I'm just starting to get to know her as a fighter, but she's here all the time, and she works really, really hard. When asked about her potential, he said she's got the talent, she has a great work ethic. Those are two things that will take you far as, as far as your will can. As I get to know her more, as far as her as helping her out for the fight, we'll get a better sense of it. But she definitely has all the talent and all the potential in the world. So I will tell you this, I think that Gina Carano training with Greg Jackson is going to be good just because there's going to be 
more – there's going to be tightening up, I'm sure, of her takedown defense. They may even work on some wrestling with her. Um, Gina Carano got written off very quickly after her cyborg fight. And I'll be honest, I think that there's a part of her that used her MMA career to jumpstart an acting career. And that's fine. I respect that because people got to make money. But I felt that her dedicating so much of herself to that kind of took away from her as a fighter because I don't think she was 100% focused, especially on her fight with Cyborg. But I'm not taking anything away from Cyborg either. Cyborg will fuck you up, period. I just feel that Gina Carano had much more to offer in that fight, and she just didn't see, she just didn't have her head in the game. And I mean, right now she's filming, she's filming the movie with Ewan McGregor. She had during her lead up to that fight with Cyborg, she was doing American Gladiators. She was in Maxim. She was on the cover of ESPN. She was all over the place. All eyes were on her. And I think that the level of expectation that, that, that was presented to her was definitely overwhelming. She handled it deep, pretty well, but I just think she wasn't, at that stage where she can juggle two things. I think that as a fan, I'd like to see her focus more on mixed martial arts because she still has so much to offer. She's young. She's got talent. Yeah, she's got the looks. Don't get me wrong. She, she, she's, she's fine to look at. She, she helps give the sport mainstream appeal. But as an athlete, she still has a lot to offer the sport, and I really hope that training with Greg Jackson's camp, it – adds another facet to her game to help her be be, on, be seen more frequently in the cage instead of just sitting cage side waving at the camera. But we'll see what happens when it's her turn to fight. I also want to take the opportunity and talk about Anderson Silva, who was on fight, Fighting Words with Mike Straka. Uh, Mike Straka asked him about the possibility of a super fight with GSP. And I wanted to share that commentary with you because a lot of people are, have the feeling that that fight doesn't isn't going to happen for a few reasons. Obviously, some people think that because Jake Shields is going to win, which I'll discuss that during the fight picks. Others also feel that it's just not in the foreseeable future. Like that's a fight that if it happens, you're not going to see maybe till uh, Super Bowl, you know, till the Super Bowl uh, or around that time. You know, obviously Anderson is fighting in Rio, so I think that. We should, me personally, they should really look at that fight after both of their title defenses, only because if Anderson beats Okami, which I kind of feel he is, and if GSP gets past Shields, it's a, it, they, those guys got to fight. Now, whether it's going to be at a catch weight or whether GSP is going to go up, who knows. But let me, let me give you guys a little bit of Anderson's commentary from Fighting Words. He says, uh, George St. Pierre is one of the best. He's shown that he's a great athlete. And I, really, and I really train hard every day to fight the best. I do believe it's a super fight, and it's a fight that must happen someday. I really have no interest in getting revenge against Yushin Okami. We already fought. He lost. He got knocked out. Let's move on. But really, I'm here to fight the best. And if he's credentialed to fight me, and he's up there to get a title shot, then he deserves it, and we've got to do it. It really is a great super fight, and I'm just happy that I know people are looking forward to watching this. I think this fight will make the fans happy. It's something they've been waiting for, and George St. Pierre is one of the best. I'll be very happy to give this pleasure to all my fans. You know, the, the purist in me 
and, and, you know, the MMA fan in me wants to see that fight so badly. But I feel that if GSP does retain, it should be him just moving up the weight class and not moving up, fighting Anderson, and moving back down. I feel that in, that, in his division right now, the, there's nothing left to prove. But moving up to, to 185, is, it, there, there's so much competition there. You got, you got Chael Sonnen up there. You got Yushin Okami. There, there's a, there's a, a possibility for some really awesome fights if GSP moves up. Um, but we'll see what happens. I just got notified that Gary and Devin from Pure Fight Gear are here. I'm going to bring Devin on, and I'm going to also bring Gary on, and I know Spill Bag of Ice will be on shortly. Uh, let me bring Devin on first. Devin, what's going on, man? How are you, sir? Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. No, thank you so much for having me. We appreciate it very much. Yeah, I am. I'm going to bring also one of the other panel members, which is Gary from MMA Gospel. I, I'm sure he's going to have some questions for you, and I, I have a ton of questions for you, and I want to get into the Pure Fight Gear brand. So it's going to be interesting that we're both going to probably end up picking your brain at the same time before we get to the <laughs> Well, I hope I have enough answers for you. You got to give me a little bit of leeway. I got a, a 13-day-old baby at home here, so we uh, we've been busy in the household. I'll tell you that much. Well, first, congratulations. And um, if at any point you know you got to go and, and be a dad, I'm 100% on board to say, hey, man, I got to go diaper change or whatever. And you know, we can always reschedule or do whatever we got to do. Uh, we're in good shape. No worries. Appreciate the opportunity. All right. Let me bring Gary on. Gary, what's going on, brother? Hey, Rich, how's it going? Good, man, good. I um, I was gonna welcome you with with some yelling from leaving me hanging last night because I wanted to, <laughs> but um, you know, you you get a reprieve only because you know shit happens. But you know, the I actually wanted to talk to Dave because he wrote a post about Street Fighter, and obviously he's a gamer, so. That was the only reason why I wanted to get in there. But I'm sure he'll be back, and if so, I will uh, get another opportunity. Yeah, I'll tell you, what messed me up is when you dialed in, like you mentioned, it, it was either Google or whatever. So I was seeing, like, an ID that looked like RD4560. Yeah, that's Skype. When you use Skype, it tells oh. you the user ID for Skype. I didn't even know what it was. I saw it there. I thought it was someone calling, uh, calling in to tell me to fuck off. So no. I... Uh, I erred on the side of caution, as they say. That's fine. Uh, yeah. By the way, De Devin, con congratulations, and I, I hope your 14-year-old didn't just hear my uh, four-letter word there, but congratulations oh. on the uh, new baby. <laughs> oh, thank you. No problem. We're good. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know, we got we got the introductions here, of course. Um, I, I gave Gary a little bit of background regarding Pure Fight Gear, but, um, you know, I, I figure I'd let you take the ball first, Devin. Just let the listeners know a little bit about Pure Fight Gear and, you know, what, what the message is and what you guys are trying to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you again for the opportunity to do that. Uh, Pure Fight Gear is a first and only a 501c3 nonprofit uh, MMA apparel brand. Um, and what we're looking to do is directly benefit mixed martial arts uh, through the sales of Pure Fight Gear and benefit MMA's next generation, so to speak. Um, what our goal really is is to support at-risk youth uh, by supporting youth camps and the gyms that either have programs going for them or are willing to support them by creating new programs. 
So um, really, in a in a nutshell, in the smallest way I can break it down, that's what we're all about. Um, what inspired you to, to to go in this direction? What was what was a was there a factor? That, was there a catalyst that said that you know that told you to to do this? You know what what was the how did the brainchild come forth? Oh yeah, well basically uh, Jonathan Schwartz, uh, who is the CEO, and myself, uh, I'm the COO. Uh, we had been working uh, together in a completely separate kind of entity, uh, but we're both MMA fans. And uh, Jonathan is um, a very generous, one of the most generous people I've ever met, uh, and just really loves uh, to get involved and to give back and loves MMA. I've, I'm a long, long-time MMA fan. I mean, we're talking back, you know, from the very first uh, UFC on VHS. So <laughs> I'm a long-time <laughs> MMA fan. Jonathan's a long-time uh, boxing fan and a, you know, four- or five-year MMA veteran. So he loves what MMA brings uh, to the game and, and is a big fan and learning very quickly um, all about it. So, uh, you know, I'm the veteran, so to speak, and he's the one who's, um, who's really just passionate and really involved in it. And we just kind of talked about uh, wanting to do a brand, and as we were talking about our brand, the more we talked about it, we said, you know, how are we really going to separate ourselves and what's the point? You know, I mean, what's the point? Um, and the more we talked, the more we kind of had similar ideas about really wanting to do something different and really wanting to do something where we felt there was a big void. Um, MMA is, is an amazing sport. We both love it to death. In fact, Jonathan just started training, so you're going to have, have to have him on and ask him some questions about his BJJ training, but we won't go there right now. But, um, so we just love the sport. We um, love the people and really wanted to help. And we thought this is the best way to do it. That's real. That's, that's, that's a great story. Um, one thing, one thing that I was looking at when I was lo just going through, going through the site and, and, you know, I've been in communication with you guys to try and set this up for a while. You guys have, have been reaching out to a lot of schools to, to get, to get access to this stuff. I saw your work, you know, you had Bobby Lashley, supporting Pure Fight here. I also saw, which is funny because we cover wrestling, I saw that you had uh, Marty Wright uh, representing The Boogeyman. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, first off, how how's, how's the camps and the schools been receiving your your message when you guys go in there to pre present this? Have they been very well, receptive? Have you had any, any, any stumbling blocks at any point? Well, anytime anything is um, new, you know, you're going to get some level of, of pushback. I mean, that's that's just automatic. And and we know about MMA as a sport, it's a very tight-knit community. Um, and obviously, when you get that situation, everyone's looking out for everybody and likes to keep that tight-knit kind of family feel. So anytime anything's new, um, it takes a certain level of exposure. That being said, we feel like, especially the people that you see on our friends page, um, and reaching out to different gyms and programs that we support. We, we've gotten a ton of support, and we feel like it will only continue. Uh, the only thing that will stop that is just people not hearing or fully understanding what we're about. Uh, but once, you know, we get the opportunity to clearly communicate our mission, our goals, how we do it, what we do, and, and that we're different from anything else that's out there uh, in the world of MMA, uh, once it's understood, it's it's embraced with open arms so we really you know appreciate people like yourself giving us the opportunity to do that 
Well, when I when I first heard about it, I was I was curious only because when I saw it and I saw the logo, I'm like, oh, it's another. You know, you automatically assume, and I'll be 100 percent honest, you'll be like, oh, it's another MMA clothing company. Absolutely, uh, sure. You know, as I dug deeper and started reading, I was like, I was like, holy shit! You know, it's a, it's a not it's a not for profit organization that's and you know you what I like is that you guys are very transparent. You're putting the work out there. So it's not like you're taking people's money for this merchandise and not showing it and showing the work. So I, I said to myself, I got I to gotta figure out a way to get these guys on because I like that. I like the fact that you added that level of transparency to your organization to let people know that what, what money is going into the organization is being put to great use. Well, I appreciate you pointing that out and, and, again, taking the time to really find out what we're about. Um, we do pride ourselves on that um, because, unfortunately, anymore, there are a lot of people who uh, make a lot of promises or say they do a lot of things and don't really show it. And, you know, it's been a learning process for us, too, in, in getting out there and finding the best way to communicate what we're about. And, you know, at first we kind of got out and, and we're chasing around shows and programs and fighters and, and trying to get in the mix that way. And we really kind of sat back and said, you know what we need to do is just show what we're doing. And that's what our results page on our website is all about. And that grows uh, almost weekly uh, with different gyms that we're able to support uh, children in thanks to the support that we get from the sales of the gear and also direct sponsorships. Uh, we provide that opportunity as well on the website. Uh, and being a 501c3 nonprofit, it's um, a big advantage. You know, I mean, it really helps us. Uh, get out there and be legit because it's exactly what we are and we want to show everyone that we've got nothing to hide. You know, we're we're here to make a difference and, and we would love everyone's help in spreading the message. Our our motto is 100% you. You buy, you wear, you spread the word, and you make the difference. So we, we can't do it without their support, and, and we appreciate the support that we've received. Regarding regarding the the design the design process, you know, the, no skulls, no crazy garish shit. It's nice and simple. You know, you got a you got a little bit of a cage in there. And when it came down to the design process and just giving yourself an identity, how did you guys come up with with just marketing that? Because you know, like your pure jujitsu shirt, you know, your designs in general are just nice in your face, but classic enough that people can look at it and be like, hey, you know, I, I could wear that and not be considered a douchebag. You know what I mean? <laughs> you said it. I didn't say it. Hey, <laughs> it happens. Let me tell you, I'll be the first to admit I bought a lot of Affliction shirts. A lot of them. You know what it, where they're going? On eBay. Not because <laughs> I like them, but because the the negative stigma and this is just people that wear it and automatically get the Superman complex have have hurt that. And, you know, I, I, I've kept a few of them to support some of the fighters, but just the overall presentation of that, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't help the sport. And, and I'm not even saying it's a shit on any brand, but it is a stigma that you walk in someplace, you know, and, and, you know, I'm a gym rat, so I go, I hit the weights, I go out. You know, you walk into a place, you got a shirt, you know, with, with, with a giant skull on it, with this Chuck Liddell on the back. You know, you, you get the, you get an eye roll like, ugh, this guy. Or you get the, <laughs> or you get the one guy that wants to test that theory. So, you know, seeing you guys do that and keeping it simple, I was curious as to, you know, you know, how did you sit down and, and break that down and, and say to yourself, hey, I want to do something that's that that's fan friendly that doesn't scream, you know, this guy's a douche. 
Well, and, and, you know, not to maybe go to the extreme uh, of that, but that certainly does, you know, there is a stigma somewhat um, associated with some of those uh, things and, and not necessarily with any brand, just with certain icons, like you referenced the skull. Um, definitely an icon, I think, that gets tied in too often um, with MMA. Uh, but, you know, to each their own. Everyone has their own thing. Where we came from um, was wanting to have something that was a little bit modern uh, but still had the kind of throwback feel, a um, little bit retro, just to kind of – this sport's been around a long time. I don't think people really realize how long mixed martial arts as a sport has actually been around. So to have an idea of something that's a little retro on a shirt may almost seem a, a little bit odd and different for something that everyone thinks is a brand-new sport. But, you know, the sport's been around a while. We, we felt like we could get away with kind of a retro design and feel. And the, the name Pure um, really is kind of what we focus everything around as far as from a design aesthetic and in our mission. Um, and, you know, it lends itself, like you said, the Pure Jiu-Jitsu um, is a perfect example of, you know, what we thought we could do with the brand when we first launched it. Uh, we thought that that would be a great, fun way for each person to represent um, their individual specialty in MMA because that's what makes it so great. Uh, you have someone who's a fantastic wrestler going up against a guy who may be uh, an incredible boxer, or you have someone who's, you know, uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, you know, that comes to mind, and this may be kind of a random reference, but the KJ Nunes Nick Diaz fight, um, Diaz, you know, could have gone to the ground at any point to retain his title, but he challenged himself, stood up. I mean, he's already an incredible boxer anyway, but he stood there with KJ Nunes and, and went the whole way and won the decision. Um, and that's just what's so great about the sport. They're individual little specialties and people who specialize in these niches, but all together is what makes up uh, MMA and what makes it great. So we thought we could do the same thing uh, with the shirt. And just for now, it's all about the brand. It's all about getting the message out. So for now, it's going to be a lot of, you know, pure logo kind of across your chest because we really want, you know, the people who support us to help us spread the message uh, down the road. We'll see where we go, but we definitely wanted to keep a simple um, kind of classy look to it. Um, so we appreciate very much that, you know, you recognize that because that is what we were going for. Yeah, the the aesthetic, the aesthetic that goes into it and, and, you know, I, I know Gary probably has a few questions. I wanted to ask, when you, when you guys are, are, are going into that, especially as a, uh, as a not-for-profit and looking at, at T-shirts and, and stuff like that, how, how does that creative process go? Do you, did you guys kind of do it all yourselves at first, and now that you guys are, are I, I'd like to say, you know, turning a profit, quote-unquote, uh, is it allowing you to expand, or is it more internal operation where you guys have hands-on control of design and, and T-shirt quality, et cetera, et cetera? Well, that's really um, kind of my area of expertise as far as the design goes. Um, that's really what I do, what I love to do. Um, so the design is, is you know, mostly me, um, certainly with Jonathan's, you know, input and editing and, and all of that. I mean, we work well together as a team. Um, but, yeah, the design is, is mostly mine, and we definitely keep control of, of all of those um, all of those, you know, parameters, I guess you could call them, when we go to, to produce product. And as far as turning a corner, we're still uh, relatively new. We're still getting the word out. Um, we're still reaching out to a number of, um, you know, different people. I, what we want to do, too, is um, make sure that 
people know as far as MMA is concerned, there are people outside the MMA world that love the sport and could be a big help to the sport. And so part of what we're doing, too, is we want to benefit MMA as a whole. We're focusing on the youth, uh, but we really hope to benefit MMA overall as a sport. And we've had the opportunity to bring in some special people. Uh, one I can name is uh, Jim Washburn, defensive line coach for the Philadelphia Eagles, is one of our um, board members, one of our honorary board members. And having people like that that are, that are big names in the NFL, we feel benefits us, obviously, but more importantly will help the sport, too, by just helping the exposure a little bit more. I mean, there's a lot of NFL guys that love MMA. So any, any help we can do like that we think is, is great. Awesome. All right, I want to just turn it over to, to to Gary real quick to see if he has any questions. Gary, you got any any questions for Devin? Yeah, actually, uh, just a couple. Um, one thing I'm kind of interested in is, you know, obviously uh, you've got just a terrific, um, really base that you're building from. Uh, you know, being a not not for profit, and right off the bat, like you said, it totally sets you apart and really makes your mission you know, stand out. I mean, and, and that's absolutely awesome. And what's, what's also interesting is that it looks like you're really not resting on your laurels where I see you have, uh, you shot the pilot episode for pure TV gyms, which uh, looks really interesting uh, dealing with the fighters and their specific gyms. Could you kind of give us a sort of heads up on, on how that whole idea of, uh, of that concept of shooting fighters in their gyms sure. came up and uh, how's it going so far? Yeah, well, thank you for asking. Um, we're really excited about Pure TV Gyms. Um, it's just kind of a fun take. Um, again, uh, we are focused in on helping the at-risk youth, and we do that benefiting them in the gyms directly. But in that process, we feel always that we want to help the sport overall. And any access, any extra access uh, you can give the fan to the fighter or their favorite gym uh, or anything like that, we feel will only help um, the sport. And it will obviously also help us get our name out there more. I mean, we do something fun and unique like that. Um, we feel that we can get, you know, more name recognition and hopefully more support for our cause. And that's really the whole focus for Pure TV Gents. Um, it's just a fun kind of off-the-cuff walk around, uh, show us your gym, show us the things that, you know, we know you got punching bags, we know you probably got a cage, we know you got mats. Mm -hmm. Show us all the other stuff. Show us the fun stuff. And, and that's... Um, really what Pure TV Gems is about and uh, we, we do have an episode already in the can, uh, we've got an award winning director working on it Nicholas Duarte uh, who's done a fantastic job and we're really excited to, uh, to start shooting some more episodes um, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to give out too much right now, like I said, we're really excited about it stay on the website, get with us on Facebook Facebook.com slash Gear. if you're looking for uh, inside info on when those will be coming out. Uh, always look for us there, and uh, and we'll keep you in the loop. Excellent, excellent. Uh, it re really just a good concept because, again, you're building, you know, more interest in the website, you know, if uh, you're going to uh, really go into the more uh, video and uh, episodic and, uh, you know, the, uh, excuse me, uh, episodic uh, uh, edition, I guess, uh to the website, so I really like that, and I was kind of surprised to see it, to be honest, because normally, again, when you go to, you know, a clothing website, especially something where it's it's you're still really kind of evolving, it's it's sort of impressive to see you've already kind of moved to that next level. I'm I'm just also wondering, uh, you know, obviously you support the at-risk programs. 
How do you actually select which ones? It's got to be difficult with so many probably good choices. Uh, you know, how do you sort of narrow it down uh, ultimately on the, the specific programs uh, that you, you un- end up supporting with the proceeds? Right, and that's a good question. Um, what we ultimately do is we support gyms who support at-risk youth. So we're not going and picking program here, program there. We're going to gyms, MMA gyms. Uh, if you look on the results page on the website, um, those are some of the gyms that we have already supported. There are some that we're in the process mm-hmm. of supporting. What we'll do is they, they know best. I mean, we're not there to tell them, you know, uh, here's, here's what you should do. Um, they know that any MMA gym you go to will say, oh, yeah, we got a couple kids. They really, you know, they're good kids. They want to come in and train. They can't afford it. Um, but, you know, they're really good kids. And every gym, almost without, you can ask almost any gym. So what we do is we leave it to the gym uh, to say, you know, hey, do you have any, you know, at-risk kids you think would be doing other stuff if they weren't here training or maybe can't afford to? And, you know, we say, how many do you have? And we, we determine how many we can support, and hopefully we can get them all. And, and then we, uh, we send them the, the finances to do that. So that's that's really how it works. I mean, we we don't go find at-risk youth programs. We're basically pioneering our own version of that. And as it grows and as it morphs, you know, we'll, we'll see what it evolves to. Hopefully, it's a, a big monster program that can support thousands of kids. <laughs> but for now, we're trying to support as many as we can uh, as we build and, and letting the gyms uh, do that because they're really the ones who know best. Yeah, and uh, and I can tell you. You know, normally, and, and, and Richard, tell you no bullshit. So I'm, I, I really will do this. And what I really like, you know, seeing from your site is you allow sponsorship. And frankly, it looks like for ten dollars a month, you can you we do. essentially yeah, sponsor. We do. Someone. And in fact, and I'm sorry to interrupt you, but uh, oh, no, thank not you for bringing all. that up. Um, we we do that, and we do it for as little as ten dollars a month because honestly, any support is greatly appreciated. There are different tiers. So if someone feels like supporting more, they're, they're more than welcome to, but it's an automatic payment every month, and we're doing a special right now. Um, if you give as little as $10 a month, um, is after the first, I think it's the third payment comes out, so a 90-day period of those $10 a month payments, um, we're sending you a free shirt. So jump on, get your free shirt. Yeah, I thought that was awesome, actually. And, you know, especially if you know the money is really going to really help kids. It's right. you know just uh, it's like a win-win situation. So hopefully uh, people hear that. And uh, you know I've got uh, my show. Must not as big an audience as Rich's. I would never never suggest that. Uh, but I'll make sure to do a plug for you next week on it. Uh, you know before we uh, 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 have our big debate over female MMA before the fifth oh, start. I'll make sure that. to do we it. We appreciate yeah. very much. Thank you. <laughs> I am. Um, but before I, before I bring the, our third panel member on, one thing I did I did want to say, and, and you know, the, the, this is just something that I said earlier, and, and I got to tell you, Devin, the the level of transparency you guys have is going to take you guys very far. I'm telling you, just just from seeing it and being able to see your money at work, and you guys putting videos out, you know, like nothing is better than saying. Hey, you know, your ten bucks a month is going to XYZ Gym. We're here at XYZ Gym. These are some of the students that have benefited from that. You know, yep. they want to say thanks. You know, exactly. that that transparency is, is so great because too many not for profits use that as an excuse to 
you know, to, to hide other agendas, but, but using this type of transparency and being this open with it is going to take you guys far, man. No bullshit. Exactly. Well, we appreciate that very much, and, and thank you for, for recognizing that. And, and, again, thank you for helping us spread the word. You're doing that. That's uh, in our mission. So um, any anything like that, we know not everyone uh, can, can write a big check or not everyone can do the $10 a month, but – you know, what you can do is hop on Facebook and give us a quick like and maybe tell a friend and post something fun. Or, you know, you can help in a no, any number of ways. And I'm not talking, you know, necessarily to you guys. I'm talking to your audience. You guys want to help, um, help us any way you can, spread the word. And, and that's really the best way to help us because you never know who you know or who your friend knows that may really be able to help us, you know, get that foothold and, and get to the next level. So we truly appreciate your support. Awesome. Let me um, let me bring in Gary's co-host, uh, Spill Bag of Ice, and he's going to be joining us for the panel. But I'm sure he's going to have some questions of his own. Ice. Okay. Hey, what's up, man? Hey, what's going on? You're on with uh, Devin from Pure Fight Gear, and Gary is here as well. I know you've been listening. Um, you have any? I questions? have. Uh, you know, I don't really have any questions because I, I've never heard of Pure Fight Gear. But uh, you know, when you posted that I was going to be, you know, he'd be one of the guests. I was checking out the website, and, you know, it looks amazing. It just seems like a, a really great cause, and they, like, like you guys are saying, they, they, you know, they seem to be doing it the right way. And, uh, you know, it's an awesome cause, both for MMA fans, you know, and anyone who, who you know, would want to help uh, at-risk youth and stuff like that. And, you know, I'm, I'm coming on, and I'm just like, hey, I'm the douchebag who makes fucking jokes on Twitter. <laughs> and bad ones at that, by the way. Bad ones as well, I have bad. Hey, shut it, Gary. <laughs> Gary, if anyone should be talking uh, shit about someone's uh, the quality of jokes, yeah, but I never claimed it should I not be you, jokes. sir. I've never claimed I told good jokes, so. Uh, Look, like, yeah, that's your cop out. That's true. Yes, yes it's safe. <laughs> I'm fine. But, but before we get into, if Ice doesn't have any questions, I do. I do want to ask Devin, um, I, Mar, Marty Wright, how did that happen? Because <laughs> I, I gotta know. The boogeyman coming to get you, um, Marty Wright. Marty Wright. Uh, we met when we visited uh, Bobby Lashley's gym in Colorado, and uh, unfortunately, I was on no fly because my baby was due uh, any time. But uh, Jonathan was there and, uh, and got to meet Marty and Bobby and and, uh, Bob, and you know we we're just talking to him just like we're talking to you guys and and uh, he's a, a great guy from what I hear and uh, definitely a supporter of our mission and cause and and uh, we were just we were excited when I heard Jonathan met the boogeyman I got to tell you I was a little jealous. <laughs> yeah, that Bobby Lashley? I mean, I knew Bobby Lashley was going to happen. I had no idea the boogeyman would be there, and I'm like, wow, okay. So I set myself up to miss Bobby Lashley. All right, I can breathe. I can do that. And then I find out I missed the boogeyman, and I'm like, okay, I don't know. I can't take this anymore. <laughs> well, in looking, in looking at your, in looking at your site and the work that was there, um, it's 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 crazy that you you guys. Are, are under the radar and you guys are real quiet, but you got a nice little who's who there. You know, you got Marlon Sandro, who, who's a who's a beast, and yeah, Jose know, Aldo. Yeah, and Jose well, Aldo. Cause so you know, I'm, I'm, boss, I'm a huge Boss Rooting fan. Um, you know all the work he does with kids. I know that that having him being involved with your organization and raising awareness is 
is great, and um, he's, he's a great ambassador to have for that. It, it's really it's really good the foothold you guys have and some of the talent you guys have in the MMA world showcasing the brand. And it could it couldn't be a be, it couldn't be a better roster of guys. I mean, Nate Quarry also is just, just an awesome dude. Um, good guy. Aldo, uh, Chico Mendes. Yeah, that's that's our friend. Yep, The Rock. Yeah, that's our friend's page. We are very proud of that page. Those are people who were um, honestly nice enough to take the time to hear what we were about and uh, to take a second to uh, listen to what we were trying to do. And uh, when they did, they they said, yeah, absolutely. You know, you could put us on your friend's page. <laughs> no problem. Um, we think you got something good, and, and we support you. And that's really all that friend's page is. I mean, it's it's funny because coming into the MMA game, you know, everyone is expecting, oh, you want me to put this shirt on? Well, you must want to sponsor me or be in the ring or, you know, I got I got my left butt cheek for the next fight for five grand. You know, <laughs> it's not, that's not what we're doing. You know, um, we're we're just really trying to be, um, ambassadors for the sport in a way um, and really kind of carve out a unique opportunity to uh, do some good. So we're, we're really, um, really fortunate to have the friends that we have and, and we hope to add, you know, hundreds and hundreds more to that page. Um, so only time will tell and, and we feel like we've done a lot in a short period of time and, and we're only going to go on to bigger and better things. Well, you know what? You you can you can consider us a friend, and after the broadcast is over, I'm going to buy a shirt, and I'll make sure to send you guys a picture of me rocking the shirt as well. Well, we appreciate it. We'll throw you right on there, absolutely. Yeah, because that you know what you guys are doing is is genuine, and if if there's put it like this, if there's an agenda for for argument's sake that you guys are hiding for whatever reason with this. You guys are doing a. You guys are doing some real CIA hiding with it. <laughs> no, there's, there's See, no agenda. No, no, no. That's what I'm saying. Like, if it was something where it wasn't like that, it would. I, I'd commend you just on the fact that you guys are some sneaky mofos. But, but I, I, you know, I, I appreciate the message. And um, after the show's over, you'll you'll get an order from me for a shirt, man. Because that's um, all right. Well, thank you very much. Yep. The the secret agenda was to get on my take radio. <laughs> <laughs> well, shit, I succeeded because I've been chasing them for a while. You know, I, I have a string of emails to prove it, just trying to find eight. Well, to see, bring you, you couldn't make it look too obvious, you know? That would give away the game. Go <laughs> <laughs> bag of ice. I am, I am very glad that you came with Gary for this because this is uh, – it's going to be a fun night, but well, that, if I get if I get two days in a row to make fun of Gary, I'm down. Yeah, or or at least Dan Griffin. If we if we both gang up up on him, it, it's even more fun. Oh, yeah. that'll that'll be that'll be in there somewhere. <laughs> I had extended. I I had wanted to bring Dan on as well, but. I'll be 100% honest. The last time I did a panel, which was for WrestleMania, we had so many people involved. Yep. We've had by, that. by the time it took, by the time I edited the show, it took three days, and I, I honestly wanted to slit my wrists and drain the blood into my air conditioner because I was, I was that, I was that frustrated just because you know you have all the different qualities of audio and all the stuff. So that was why I kind of didn't bring Dan in, and it was funny because Dan. 
said to him, he's like, hey, man, you know, you want to talk some MMA? I'd love to come on. And I wanted to give him that opening, and that was why. So, you know, you guys can make sure to let him know. Yeah, well, he uh, he wouldn't be able to really attend tonight. He's, he's at a uh, haystacking uh, contest. So, wouldn't be able to make it tonight anyway. Fuck. I swear. But, I'm not even going to go into it with... But, um, I, heard, I heard he was making uh, roadkill stew. <laughs> I'm so bad. <laughs> uh, UFC one twenty nine. Let's get into that because we got that. We got that Saturday. Um, obviously, there's a there's there's so many factors that are going into this card just in terms of the evolution of certain fighters. Certain fighters at the coming out party um, for GSP. If he, if he defeats Jake Shields, in my eyes, he's basically closing. He closes out his division. You know, unless they keep some hocus pocus and bring Nick Diaz in there. Um, Jose Aldo, we're going to find out if, if the title of best pound-for-pound featherweight is going to get tested or not with Hominick. Uh, Randy Couture's last fight, Bolchek and Henderson, of course. The Diaz, you know, the Diaz brothers' shadow looming large over the card because you got Nate fighting on Spike. Phenomenal and, fight. Yeah, and you know that wherever Nate is, Nick is. And, you know, Dane is going on record as saying, and I was actually going to discuss that with you guys, that he wants to meet with Nick Diaz and figure out what they can, you know, what they can work out because you can obviously see that Nick is extremely frustrated, you know, in terms of compensation and and challengers for in his division. So I think that as, as well he should be at this point. <laughs> yep, I agree. You know, so so the, the the Diaz shadow looms large, and you know the preliminary fights on Facebook. You got a couple of guys in there, which I'm surprised that the Claude Patrick Daniel Roberts fight. I'm surprised it's going to be on Facebook and not on Spike. Um, that's that, you know that's something that's something else to address. As the John Mcdessey and Kyle Watson, which I also felt you know could have been a solid TV bout. But you know what? I'm, I just want to get into the prelims and the main card with you guys. And mm-hmm. uh, I you know I know that you guys did picks last night. And I, well, we I forgot you... them already, so don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to change them all around. All right, so, um, I, I'll start with Devin first. Uh, Sean Pearson and Jake Ellenberger. Um, what do you think, Devin? How do you see this going? Oh, I'm going Ellenberger. I'm going Ellenberger, and I don't think it'll be close. <laughs> Shit. Well, damn. I sorry, I got opinions. <laughs> What's that? What jumps out at you to make it so to, to give you such a strong vote for Ellenberger? Um, well, I'm going to give Ellenberger the striking advantage. Um, I mean, they they're both they're both strikers, and I know that that Pearson's going to want to strike more. Ellenberger may want to take it to the ground, but I just see more pop in Ellenberger's hands, and I think I think Pearson's going to get caught, and it'll be quick. All right, fair enough. Uh, Spill bag. What about you? What do you got? Um, I kind of agree with Devin. I think uh, Ellenberger's wrestling is much better, and his striking is uh, somewhat better. So uh, I'm going to have to give it to Ellenberger. Probably TKO, maybe in the second, third. What about you, Gary? I'll tell you what, this is definitely one of the fights. The spike card, as far as I'm concerned, has two fights on it that you know really could be on the main card. Obviously, the next one totally should be the Matashenko fight, which we spoke about yesterday. We'll get to later with Brits. <laughs> and Jason Brits. 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 Brits
Creep's name is, but uh, it, it, no way should that be in the main card. But again, this fight, really interested in, uh, you know, Pearson, no pushover, you know, beat Matt Riddle's last fight with a decision. Uh, it was a good fight, and Riddle, you know, Riddle always brings it, so I was, I was impressed with Pearson. Um, but again, I don't think that uh, he's got the skills right now to uh, beat an Ellenberger, who I actually consider really Jake Ellenberger uh, to be one of the toughest guys in the entire welterweight division. If you saw his fight against Carlos Condit, uh, he just gave him hell. Uh, so he, he's just a really, really serious contender. Not even, uh, you know, not even, I think, a fringe contender. I think he's a, a genuine uh, contender. And, uh, frankly, uh, I, I have him in the top seven in, my, in the division. Uh, the know is very high in him, and I think that this is going to be a very good showcase for uh, Ellen Berger. Uh, you know, his last fight, I... I it was a tough split decision loss, but other than that, uh, he's, he gives everyone a tough fight, and I think this is the fight that he sort of moves forward uh, to be more than just a, again, I guess, quote, as a fringe contender. I think he's going to step forward, do a sensational victory, and I'm looking at a submission, actually, uh, in the third mm-hmm. round, but I think Jake's going to dominate this fight. Really, you had Ellen Berger by submission. I thought that Ellen Berger was going to use the wrestling to set up for for some for some G and P. I mean, I'm picking Ellen Berger as well, but and I feel bad writing Pearson off because P- Pearson isn't exactly a tomato can. But I thought you know I thought that Ellen Berger is going to definitely use the wrestling as the setup. For yeah, he doesn't have a lot of submit, and he's got submissions mostly early in his career, but he does have some submissions. But I I just uh, I don't know. I think. Uh, in this fight, he's going to do the pound, you know, what have you, but I just kind of see a rear naked choke, uh, you know, after uh, he maybe stuns Pearson, uh, something along those lines. Uh, you know, however it is, I, I definitely think Ellenberger is going to shine in this fight. I, I kind of think Ellenberger is like the poor man's uh, Ryan Bader. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he does look like it. That's a, good, that's a very good comparison, well I think. Put. Yeah. Well just, put. you know, style wise, you know, not, not yeah. quite as known. But yeah. better hands, though. Quicker, definitely True. quicker hands, and uh, I think overall just a more well-rounded talent. You know, obviously yeah, Ellen, Ellenberger is probably a better striker, but Bader's probably yeah. a better wrestler. But still, it's the same sort of combination. Yeah, I, I agree. Plus, Ellenberger's a lot bigger than people think. He's six feet. I mean, he's a nice size welterweight. You know, there you go. Well, you know what? One thing I did want to say, and 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 it's funny because you referenced Ryan Bader, and I, I just want to reference something I saw on Twitter earlier today. Um, somebody sent a tweet to Ryan Bader that said, "Hey, uh, UFC 129 is supposed to have stars there. Why are you there?" And I, oh, that's awful. I, yeah, and it was just crazy. And and, and he answered the guy, "Oh, because I'm meeting your girlfriend there." And, uh, <laughs> it, it it amuses me because. You know, you comparing Jake Ellenberger to him, it's weird because Ryan Bader's in a weird place as a fighter. And Ellenberger also, it's almost like they need that one fight, you know, that one highlight exactly. real fight that'll make them. So, yeah. you know, I think yeah. the Pierce fight is the fight that'll make Ellenberger, but he definitely needs that to become more accepted. Because a lot of people just look at it like, ah, this guy, you know, they feel like it's he hasn't reach that 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 pinnacle you can say, hey, this guy's highlight reel is ridiculous, you know? Well and if I can interject there too, I think a lot of that is because of their big wrestling base. A, a lot of a lot of people see wrestlers get in the cage and go, Alright, I'll be back in three rounds. 
Um, and really, I, I don't think either of those guys deserves that kind of title. They both have good hands. They both fight hard. And they don't look to go, you know, lay down on the mat for a while. They, they're great wrestlers, but they don't, they don't sit on that, so to speak. All right. Absolutely. Agreed. Let's, By um, the way, what, what is Twitter? <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. Let, let, me, let me tell you something about Twitter and, and just to, to, off, to, to jump off for a second. Um, how, how, how beneficial has Twitter been with Pure Fight Gear's growth and social networking, Devin? I know it's probably been huge, but has it been as much of a factor as you guys going out there and pounding out the pavement? Or is it more? Um, you know, I would. It's tough because we we obviously um, use our presence social media as far as Facebook and Twitter um, probably equally. And I think that really the most effective thing for us is has been reaching out directly. And Facebook's good with follow up, and, and Twitter's good for um, you know general outreach. But I think really the most important thing for us has been uh, just reaching out because it, it takes being such a unique, you know, we, uh, we reference it as pioneering, you know, because we, we kind of feel like we are pioneering uh, something here. And when you're in that situation, 140 characters doesn't always do it. So, Gotcha. All right. Um, ju- jumping back on the boat, Nate Diaz and Roy McDonald. Uh, Devin, we'll start with you. Okay, I think this will actually be a good fight. Um, I don't. I think we'll go a few rounds here. I'd say probably Diaz by submission, end of the second round. Not bad. What about uh, what about you, Spillbag? How do you see it going? Uh, you know, I think this is going to be a pretty uh, amazing fight. Uh, I, I just don't think you know, as uh, as great as McDonald books. Uh, and even in the fight with Condit, you know, where he lost in the end, he looked great up till that point. So I just, but I don't, I don't think he's faced the level of competition uh, Nate Diaz has. I think Nate Diaz is just, you know, his jit skills are amazing. His grappling's amazing. So I mean, I'm going to have to give it to Diaz, but I wouldn't be surprised either way. I think maybe Diaz by either decision or a late round submission. Okay. What about you, Gary? Yeah, I have to say, first off, this fight, honestly, is is actually the fight I'm looking forward to most on the entire card, actually. Um, love, you know, we we had Ryan McDonald on our show, and I, just huge on him. Uh, you know, again, another guy who uh, just fought a great fight against Carlos Condit. Uh, you know, ended up, uh, you know, going down to defeat, but... You know, again, thing amazing thing about you know McDonald is, you know, he's, obviously he's fought Mike Guyman um, and others. He's only 21 years old, so just such a young guy and just ama- enormous, enormous talent. That being said, I think at this stage of his career, I don't think he's got enough, obviously experience. Uh, you know, dealing with somebody like Nate Diaz who. Just has fought so many tough guys in the UFC. Uh, you know, he, he really doesn't turn down anybody. Uh, you know, obviously Gray Maynard, uh, you know Guida and others. So near. Um, That's because he ain't no bitch, homie. He isn't. Uh, you gotta say that these guys. Sometimes these guys have big, 
big mouths and everything, but and don't back it up. He certainly does back it up, actually. Um, so I think in this fight, it's uh, certainly going to have some rough moments. Uh, McDonald again is is just to me by far, I think the best Canadian prospect and a guy who two or three years from now is going to be a big star, but still too early in his career to I think to beat Nate Nick, uh, excuse me Nate Diaz. It could happen. But I still think Nate is uh, ultimately going to win this fight. Uh, maybe ultimately by decision. Uh, I hope so. I hope he doesn't sort of submit Ryan. But it could be a late submission or uh, decision. But uh, I've got to go off Nate in this fight to win. As I said yesterday, win the battle. But I think Rory is going to win the war by being an even bigger star uh, ultimately by the time his career is over. All right. You have a, you have a header and crush on uh, McDonald, don't you? I do. I I I just I you know you know what we like to feature young up and coming fighters, and I just think Roy McDonald is about as talented a twenty one year old as I've seen in the sport. No, well, at, who else is twenty one in the sport? John Jones. No, no, he's not. He's like twenty three or so, but uh, but he was like a, you know also very talented at a young age. No, but point taken. Point taken. Mm-hmm. You know what? I got. I'm going with Nate Diaz, but here's one thing, and, and I'm going to pose it to all three of you guys. Is it just me, or does Nate Diaz get victories, but is never even looked at as even being anywhere near title contention in the UFC? <laughs> because there's concern about, you know, just, you know, his persona or how or whether he can sell fights. But I always feel that he wins and wins and wins, and you never hear him like, hey, this guy's three fights away from a title shot or yeah. two fights away from a title shot. It almost feels like it's he's just like the like, like the habitual gatekeeper of the fucking division. And it, and it mm-hmm. works only because it, the guy's talented. Look, you're, you're not always, always going to be a bowl of fruit for everybody. Not everybody's going to like you. But... Gary's always a bowl of fruit. <laughs> yes, thank you, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> but, but, but seriously, I mean, the guy, it almost feels like his career is like, like, like he's just spinning his wheels in this division. You know, do you guys see the same thing, or, or am I missing something? Oh, I would. I totally agree. I've thought that for probably a year and a half now. I, I don't understand. Uh, what's going on there? I mean, it, it's got to be the names. That's the only thing I can think of because he just beats person after person. It's not even. I, I don't really see much competition for him. I think the guy's got incredible ground skills and great striking, and I just uh, he wins and wins, and I don't see Bill, so I, I'm confused too. What about you, Spillbag? Um, you know. Well, you know, I mean, the thing is, Nate, Nate always puts on amazing fights. The guy's never been sort of steamrolled. Um, and even in fights, he loses, like Gray Maynard or um, mm-hmm. the, the the stun gun guy. Uh, you know, it's like he, they're really close fights, most of them. Most of his losses are really close fights. But it's like he always seems to, like, get, like, two really impressive wins and then an impressive loss. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think, like, the numbers... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the numbers aren't there for him to kind of get that. You know, even though clearly the guy's in that on that level, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was at that fight where he, you know, he fought Kim, and uh, 
I, I thought he won, you know. I mean, I can see, I don't think it was a robbery by any stretch. But, you know, it was a close fight, but, you know, it's still a yeah. loss, so. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, here's a way to put it out there. Had, had Nate Diaz beat Gray Maynard, for argument's sake, would, do you think that the UFC would have given him a title shot? At that yeah, point. see that that's that. I think that makes your point better too, because like you don't see it happening as easily as it would for another fighter. Right. Yeah, but I, I I don't know. I, I have to say. But then again, then again, I mean, you got to look at it this way. I I don't know if it's necessarily like a bias because you know, I mean, he lost to Clay Guida, Joe Stevenson, so it's not like he has that huge record that of wins that Gray Maynard has, you know? Yeah, no, and that's what, that's what I was going to say, that, you know, he, like you said, every time he builds momentum, he loses a really close decision. So, you know, I think if he would have beaten, you know, before that he had beaten, you know, Mel, Melvin, you know, Gillard, um, and, you know, then he obviously fought, uh, you know, before he had two losses before that, you know, both extremely close fights, you know, against Guida and Stevenson. Um, you know, but had he beaten Maynard, I think that he would have, at the very least, been put in a, you know, almost a, uh, uh, a elimination gets fight. title shot. Yeah, yeah, sort of that, or even you know, a winner gets then an elimination, like you know, maybe uh, I don't know, uh, Kenny Kenny Florian or somebody. But I honestly think that uh, he does sell tickets because I could say I went to the you know Storm fight against Markham at the Pierre Saint Hardy fight. So, excuse me. St. Pierre uh, Hardy fight in Newark, and uh, crowd went crazy when he came in, and that's what you know Dana and the UFC is going to care about. So um, you know if he if I think if he had strung together wins and not had the you know very close losses, and and again he could very easily have gotten decision in every fight that he's lost. Um, you know, with the exception, even though it was a split decision, well, I definitely thought Clay Guida beat him, but with the exception of that fight. Um, and the Korean guy, I mean, you know, sort of won, but again, that was at the end. Nate almost pulled it out, but he he could be on a uh, you know a very big winning streak here. So uh, you know, he just has those tough losses, like uh, Spilbeck said, every so often that uh, detours him. All right, I, I figured I would run that by you guys because I said to myself, I, I got to run this by people that follow the sport closely because I I've, I've had a couple of people that stop by the house and. You know, they, they. I have a couple fights on DVR. They end up hanging out and watching them, and they're like, they're like, why doesn't why doesn't this kid have a belt? You know, and I'm like, and and, and I've had it as at least three or four times, and I'm like, dude, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I, that's, that's how I'm like, dude, I have no idea. We'll see what happens here. He's got a tough guy he's facing. Kudos to the UFC. You know, they throw two young guys in. Gets really tough against each other. Love it. All right, pay per view portion. Uh, Mark Bocek and uh, Ben Henderson. Uh, Devin, you can start us off. You know, this one's tough for me. Um, I think this is going to be a good uh, a good wrestler's fight. So I don't. I think they're both probably pretty close in submissions um, and takedown. I mean, both wrestler bases. I don't really know who to give it to. Um, to be real honest with you, I, I'm I'm. Intrigued. Uh, I would say it's not on my top, you know, couple fights of the night to see. But um, then again, Henderson can put on some 
some exciting shows. But I, my gut tells me Bocek's going to take it. I don't think it's hmm. going to. I think it'll be a grind. Um, but we'll see. Hmm. All right. Spill bag. What about you? Uh, yeah, you know, Bocek's a tough guy, but uh, I'm going to go with Henderson because I hate Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's not true. I love Canadians, but they annoy me. It's kind of like, you know, like you have a girlfriend and you love her and she's hot and, you know, she's good in bed, but, you know, she just says things uh, time to time that you're just like, oh, if you weren't so hot and go to bed, I'd, like, dump your ass. <laughs> That's how I feel about Canadians. <laughs> wow. But that being said, that's not. It, come on. Overall, I, overall, I like Canadians. Come on. The kids in the hall. True. That's all they really need. They're in. No, that's not true. <laughs> so, so it has nothing to do with him being Canadian. Um, mm. I, I just think Henderson is is a badass, and you know he hasn't lost in five years except in uh, an amazing war with Pettis. Um, so, you know, I just think he's more well-rounded, more creative. I, I think, and, and I think his jujitsu is amazing as well. So I'm going to give, uh, Henderson the submission in the second. Via guillotine. Mm. Right. But then again, what do I know? <laughs> All right, Gary, what about you? Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, I, I think Ben Henderson is just, just a supreme talent. You know, his last fight, uh, he went up against, uh, you know, maybe someone uh, just a slightly more supreme talent than, uh, you know, Pettis. But Ben Henderson is just terrific. Like, uh, you know, Devin mentioned, great, you know, even on wrestling, great. Tremendous, tremendous strength. Uh, you just look at his build. I mean, the guy is just incredible. Obviously, his flexibility, uh, you know, in the Cerrone, see, I got the name right this time, uh, fight. Good work, Cerrone buddy. fight. Yes. Uh, his flexibility is just, you know, incredible. I know they talk about Dan Hardy, uh, but, you know, Henderson did everything and maybe more than what Dan Hardy did. Or as uh, George St. Pierre said, to Dan R.D. Uh, did. <laughs> so, very annoying. Uh um, the martial artist. Yeah, martial yes, artist. Uh, Dan R.D. I am, I am a martial artist. Yes, exactly. <laughs> He's a good, nice guy. He's a, he confirmed yesterday. Very nice guy. Annoying speaker. Um... But, you know, t- talking about this fight, I have to say that uh, Bocek is a... M- I like Bocek. He's a very, very difficult opponent for most. And even for Ben, I think he's going to present some, you know, initial trouble. But, again, I, I just don't see Bocek having any, uh, you know, skills uh, that much superior to Ben that uh, it's going to really put Ben in any, any real trouble or danger in this fight. Um, it'll be tough again. Uh, you know, and uh, Bochek will have his moments, but ultimately, also, I like Ben by submission. Um, and and this is definitely a fight where I can see Bochek not tapping, so he is uh, effect, you know effectively put to sleep. But Ben Henderson submission, uh, second or third round. And he's also going to wear Canadian uh, flag shorts, right? <laughs> uh, we do believe that, actually. Yes. <laughs> you know that always happens. I, I I'm I'm picking uh. As as the internet community calls him, I'm picking Bendo. <laughs> I, I am I am uh, Henderson for this fight, uh, only because coming off that that Pettis loss, which was, you know, title fight, he's, he's coming in there to make a point. One thing that I've noticed 
with with MMA fans, especially with a lot more of the casuals, they're quick to write guys off. As soon as the fucking guy loses, oh, Ben Henderson, he fucking sucks now. Like, it's like, it's like dude, he lost in a title fight to a guy that did a flying street fighter kick off the <laughs> Dude, especially WEC guys. Those guys don't get nearly enough respect, even from W, uh, even from UFC fighters. They're like, oh, those guys, yeah, yeah, they're not. Let them come up into our league, and we'll see how they do. They've done pretty well so far. So, suck it, UFC guys. <laughs> WEC never die. That's right. How do you write? How do you write them off? So I've been, I've seen that in a couple of places. You know, you know how how forums you get the keyboard warriors. Ben Henderson, man. I don't fucking know. Ugh. And I'm like... Yeah, he's in the big leagues now. You know, it's like... Ugh. Okay, so so Cerrone and uh, Varner and all those guys are, you know, nothing. Pettis, you know, he, I mean, he went five rounds, close rounds, you know, competitive rounds with Pettis. Really, you're going to just be like, no, 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 that don't count. Yeah, you're going to erase a guy. You're going to erase a guy's career just because... He didn't win the one fight. Like it's like, I, I, and this has been happening a lot with the sport now, with a lot of mainstream exposure. That the you know the people that come on board that that haven't mastered all the nuances of the sport. You know that you know that you can win from the ground and you shouldn't boo and shit like that. You know, just just not affecting the different facets of the sport. It's it, it's disheartening to see. So I think Henderson's just going to come in there ready to prove a point. And I honestly think he's going to come in there shoot for the takedown and smash Bocek, and it, 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 it's going to be a statement-making fight. You're going to see Joe Rogan, you know, do one of his patented, you know, Ben Henderson is back, guys, and it's just like, oh. No, he's going to go, all right, you want to you place a bet, Rich? I, I don't say he's going to say Ben Henderson is back. He's going to say Ben Henderson is for real. Oh, yeah. Or ben, well, wait a minute. The other, the other over-under is he might say Ben Henderson is no joke. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Let, let let's go into let's go into, uh, the the history making. If that was a sneeze, bless whoever sneezed. <laughs> was still big of ice. I think that was Gary's cat. Oh shit! No. <laughs> <laughs> Randy Couture and Leoto Machida, of course. You know the, the 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 retirement implications are there. Yada yada yada. People are gonna shit. Can we me. can we go off on a tangent after we give our picks about that <laughs> on that whole like retirement thing and you know Absolutely. what Randy's been saying? Okay. Absolutely. Cool. You know, Devin, you're you know you, you can take it away. All right. Well, lucky me, I didn't do so well that last time, but you got to pick an upset to win a panel, right? So maybe I increased my odds picking Bocek. <laughs> <laughs> With with Couture and Machida, um, dude, can you really can you really pick against Couture? I mean, I I think Machida, I I think Machida's going to beat him. But uh, what's that? I said, holy shit, that that, that, that's pretty that's pretty big, and 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 I'll tell you why afterwards. That's fun. I'm I'm going to go against Captain America. Um, It's a it's a tough call, but I think. God, that Sylvia fight is just popping into my head right now. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go Machida. Um, I think Machida is gonna be well prepared for Couture, and uh, I actually think Machida beat Rampage. I'm I'm one of the few 
I know a lot of people don't like his fighting style, but uh, I, I think he did, and I think he can handle Couture. And it's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. And I'm sure, guys, before you go in, I'm sure I'm on my own island, and I'm okay with that. But <laughs> like I said, you got to take a few odd ones to win a panel. So um, I'm <laughs> going Machida on this. All right, um, we'll switch it up a little bit. Gary, what about you? Yeah, you know it's interesting. In our show, everybody actually picked Machida, uh, except myself. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I know Spielberg of Ice uh, picked him fairly easily. Um, so did uh, Dave Camarillo. Yeah, Dave Camarillo. Oh, so, nice. Yeah. So who knows more about MMA, Dave Camarillo or Gary? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I know more about boxing. So than much him. fun. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe. Yeah. But, uh, but 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 as far as this fight, I, I what I mentioned on on my show yesterday, um, I just see you know first off, Randy Couture's striking has gotten a lot better over the years. You know, just the way he throws his punches, his sort of um, technique has really gotten better. And Machida obviously is a lefty and. Southpaws, first of all, their big weakness is you know a straight right hand, and Randy's got a good straight right hand, um, as long as he doesn't loop it, and a lot of times he won't loop it. Uh, the other thing is Machida keeps his jo- his chin like straight up in the air, which also makes him really susceptible to you know a good right hand. And I really mm-hmm. think that Randy is going to land a haymaker right on his chin and uh, take him out. So my prediction is. Uh, Randy uh, Couture landing a uh, sort of like, you know something akin to like a Dan Henderson right hand uh, and taking Machida out. So that is my prediction. Oh, wow. okay. Still bag. Well, I gotta say I'm really glad you let Gary go first for this one because it's going to be fun to tear it down. <laughs> <laughs> I figured that that was going to happen. Uh, yeah, Randy's striking and his boxing has gotten a lot better from pretty rudimentary at best. Uh, yeah, he made Mark Coleman look kind of dumb, but, you know, Mark Coleman is not an elite striker by anybody's definition. Um, and yeah, you know, yes, Mishida got caught by Shogun Hua, but Shogun Hua is, is, very fast and a much better striker than Randy Couture is as far as speed and, and footwork. So I just don't see the connection there. I think uh, if Randy has a chance, it's going to be, the, you know, what everyone, the obvious chance, which is, you know, clinch work, getting him down, ground and pounding him. Uh, but I think Mashida is going to probably... Uh, stay out of Randy's range and, uh, you know, be landing uh, kicks and uh, follow-up punches and then and, and, and backing out, you know, his sort of trademark style. And uh, uh, I'm going to give it to Mashida probably by decision. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I just, I don't think he's, I think he's going to be a little wary of Randy taking him down. So I don't think he's going to get in close enough to really, like, get a TKO shot, it's possible. But I'm kind of thinking he's going to play it a little bit cautious and get the decision. All right. I can respect that. I am picking Captain America and um, 
the a couple of reasons why it was funny that you had referenced Dan, Dan Henderson right hand. I said to myself, um, if Dan Henderson has the H bomb, does that mean Randy Couture has the C bomb? <laughs> God, I hate Morello, Morello Ronello. Come on, man. Morello <laughs> Ronello and his fucking. He keeps saying that H bomb joke like it's like if he says it fifteen times, it'll be funny. No, yeah. no, it won't, Moro. No, it was. It was it only. Won't be. It was only that because as soon as as you referenced that, I I just heard him screaming H bomb, H bomb. I said, oh my god, <laughs> B bomb is gonna is gonna hit Lyoto Machida. I I'm picking Randy because. <laughs> I don't think Lyoto prepares adequately. Personally, I feel he just doesn't prepare for wrestlers. And I think Randy's not going to stand in trade because he knows that Lyoto Machida is going to use, you know, street fighter teleportation techniques to knock off the strike. So I know he's not going to do that. So I think Randy's actually going to go back to his bread and butter and try and shoot. And, you know, Randy Couture has one of the best shoots in the game. So he'll probably snag a leg and try and take it down, and we're going to see if Machida's uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is going to get tested. You know, I, I just want to say it's amazing that all of us have, have done uh, our prediction on this fight, and no one has used the word elusive. Kudos, kudos to us, man. I'm fucking tired of that. It's like his elusive fighting style. It's not that he's elusive. It's just that, you know, he fights smart. <laughs> Well, you know, it's like I, I actually, I actually wrote this. I actually wrote this in a, a spill bag of fights column where I was like, you know, elusive. Like the, it's like it's like not like the guy disappears like a genie. Not like he climbs up a, a magic rope. I mean, he backs away and circles out. <laughs> it's not magic. Well, it's like I, I told I told a guy at work. He's like. He's like, you know, he's dancing around like he's Bruce Lee, and I said, that's why he's the dragon. And he was like, get the fuck out of here. And I told him, I'm like, dude, I'm like, this guy's fighting style is elusive. Why? Because he doesn't want to get hit. Last time I checked the whole thing, hit and not get hit. Well, how is that elusive? I don't want to get fucking punched in the face. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's granted, he's really good at it. He's really good at footwork and backing out and, and avoiding getting hit. But, you know, it's not like some revolutionary thing. Like like I said, you know, I kind of agree with you, though, that, uh, you know, it, it's, if Randy's going to win, that's how he's going to do it. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't think it's, I don't think he's going to close the distance that quick like uh, Shogun did. Oh, no. And, uh, and I'm sure... No. I'm sure I'm sure, like, you know, uh, Shogun's dad, I mean, uh, Leoto's dad has probably gotten on him and been like, you keep leaving your head up, you know, and, like, I'm sure he's learned from that. So I don't think he's going to, when he's backing out, I think he's going to make sure he doesn't leave himself open and get caught like he did with Shogun. Yeah, but by the way, I want to say, if, if you want to see one of the most insane, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's on YouTube, um, Mashida when he fought in Japan. Um, and he, after a fight that he won, uh, Antonio Ioki, Ioki, whatever his name is, the guy who fought Muhammad Ali and yeah, stayed on his back for 15. Yeah, uh, he came up to him. He like, you know, he he sort of, I guess, is you know, obviously the godfather really in, of Japan. Um, even though he's a wrestler, but he, you know, in MMA as well. And um, he went up to. He usually hits his fighters after a fight. Um, Machida was walking out of, you know, he's out of the ring, and uh, what's his name, uh, uh, Aoki came over to him 
and literally wound up and hit him full force, closed fist, right in the face, as a way of sort of like saying congratulations. Yes. One yep. of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. It's on Jesus, YouTube, man. by the way. Give, give, buy someone a drink. Don't hit them in the face. That's no way to say congratulations. It was bizarre because he's in a suit and everything. If you, you know, really bizarre. So, uh, Leota, at least back then, seemed like he could take a punch. I don't know, you know. I don't know about now. His jaw's been tested, man. His jaw's been tested, and it's it's fairly suspect. And Randy Couture is good at you know dirty boxing and a and an uppercut to the chin. So he might he might catch him with one of his little flips. That's and what I'm thinking. He might catch him with a little flip, and it might be uh. Nighty night for the dragon. The dragon might get put to sleep. I, you know, it's it's a tough fight to call, like emotionally too, because you know it'd be so awesome to see Randy win, especially if he's going to retire. Uh, but then again, you know, I I, uh, Leo, I like Leoto too, and I think you know he's victim of that whole oh he's lost two in a row. That guy's over. You know, whereas like a year ago, everyone was like, oh this guy's god, he can't be beat, and now it's like yeah whatever, Leoto Machida, you know. You know, so I'd hate to see him get three in a row. and So it's a tough one to call, you know, as far as who I'm rooting for. I don't want to see either of those guys lose, really. I definitely want uh, Randy to win. Well, if he, okay. If he's retiring, you know. It's going to suck if he's retiring and he's doing his whole retiring his whole retiring speech, and it's just like, dude, you fucking lost. <laughs> like, 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 you know, there's, no, there's no way to... To comfort the man, it's like your last fight. You just got, you know, you, you just got a, a, a flying front kick to the face, you know, or something crazy like that. I don't think he cares that much. But that's he, the thing I wanted to kind of digress about was like his interviews, where people are sort of asking him, like, you know, do you want to retire? And he's kind of like, well, oh, if Dana doesn't step up, and you know, like if I'm not gonna, you know, like he's very vague, and you're just kind of like. Dude, come out with it. What do you want? Like, what is it that you're not getting that you want to stay in the game? I, I think, I think, and, I, and this is just me. I think that Randy Couture, in his heart of hearts, still wants a fight with Fedor, and I think that's what he's alluding to. Ah, interesting theory. Just because I'd love to see that. He's always, that's the fight he's always wanted, and, and now we got you know the possibility of Endo and Fedor. You know, locking up. So, as as a guy, as a guy like Randy Couture, who left the organization because he couldn't get a fight with Fedor, it has to get his goat that that Zufa owns the UFC. Uh, Zufa owns Strikeforce, and Fedor may fight Hendo. You know what I mean? Like, it has to definitely get under his skin a little bit. Yeah, it would be kind of cool though if, like, even if there's contract issues or whatever, they kind of work it, because, you know, Dana could work it if he wanted to. Like, even if it's on Strikeforce, you know, like, let Randy Couture go to Strikeforce and fight who cares, you know? Yeah, let him Strikeforce at UFC. Let, let, him, him, let him fight Fedor. Yeah, let him fight Fedor, and hell, I'd like to see him fight Endo. Well, hell yeah. The triple threat. <laughs> <laughs> at, at that point, though, uh, Couture should really he should if, if that's what he wants, be like, look, I got, I want two fights, Hendo and and Fedor, and I'll retire. That's it, and be done. But don't right. don't be so fucking vague, dude. You're a legend. There's no you you have the you have the organization in the palm of your hand because you're the man, 
Every time they think you're going to retire, you go out there and you beat another guy's ass. They'll give you whatever you want. Yeah, and and the other thing is when people start saying, like, oh, you know, Randy's washed up or, like, again, it's like, really? I think Randy's is good, if not better, than he's ever been. I, I yeah. think some of the comp, the level of competition and, you know, the guys coming up are that much better, but I don't think his skills have diminished any. Well, Randy also continues to evolve. This is a guy that, you know, he all of a sudden, yeah, from a wrestling background, he has no problem with trading. He's still been trading with Brock like, not much by a refrigerator. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, this is a, uh, this is a guy who you'd think would shy away from wanting to engage with Lesnar on stand-up. And he got punched square in the face, and he's like, all right, thanks. Give me another one. Yeah. Do you guys, do you guys think that, uh, you know, th- that Randy's going to have a problem with any ring rust? Because if you look at it, you know, his last fight was with James Tony, but I think he expended more energy walking into the octagon than he did in the actual <laughs> fight. So, uh, <laughs> Fucking James Tony. James Tony If I were a rapper, I'd want James Tony hyping me up. No doubt. But as 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 him coming in, you know, man, I'm gonna fight here and and fight and shut up, shut the fuck up. <laughs> the thing is, the guy, the guy the guy sounds like you know he's got marbles in his mouth. But if you actually read and listen to what he's actually saying, it's fucking genius. <laughs> and he, he like does that thing where he refers to himself in the third person, like James Tony always represents James Tony to the fullest. Shit like that. You just go, that's awesome. That's great, but you know what it is? <laughs> Look, you're not Ali. Ali was a lot better looking and a lot more eloquent. You're not him. Stop trying to pull that Ali shit. Get the marbles out of your mouth. You know, fuck from when I fight Rampage. It's like shut the fuck up. Rampage will eat your lunch and beat you to death. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Unless you guys are fighting in the hood. Then maybe James Tony will win. But come on. But, uh, let, me not, let me not go off track any further. Uh, Vladimir Matyshenko and uh, Jason Brills and Spill Bags, and, and you kind of were are, are in the zone. And I know you hate that this match is on pay-per-view. By all means, you first. <laughs> I don't, you know, I don't know. I mean, Matyshenko, Matyshenko, I respect the guy. He, he's He's been around the game a long time. He's tough as fucking nails. Um, his last couple fights haven't been that impressive. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm just going to give it to the fact that the guy's got that, that much experience. And, uh, you know, he's he, he hits hard. He's tough. He can take a punch. So I'm just going to give it to... Uh, Matyshenko, but maybe uh, decision. I don't. I don't remember what I actually claimed last time. Let's say Matyshenko by flying knee in the first. <laughs> <laughs> flying knee. Okay. That's that's always my thing when I don't know what to say. I'll just be like flying knee. <laughs> it's even better if it's someone who's like you'd never expect it from, like Randy Couture, flying knee in the first. <laughs> oh, Matyshenko's kind of close to that. <laughs> Randy. Or Showtime kick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> inverted inverted triangle. There you go. All right, Devin, what about what about you? 
You got the janitor mopping up in this one? Yuck, yuck, yuck. Oh, good God. You stole it from me. I was going to... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> the, uh, someone said earlier, was it Gary who said earlier that they didn't, they weren't sure why this was on the, the yeah. pay-per-view card? Mm-hmm. I totally agree. I, I don't. I don't even know why we're. I don't. I don't know. No disrespect to either fighter. I mean, Matuschenko is is a, been around for a long time, done a lot of good stuff, and Brill's cool. But uh, I, I'm I'm good on this. I mean, I'll go with the janitor just with experience. Like, uh, is, seriously, spill bag of ice is what we call you. <laughs> sure. That's okay, what everyone does. Sorry. I was I was like I I'm trying to write in my notes here. I got Gary, I got Rich, and I'm like spilled yes, spilled bag of ice. It's okay to say. Okay, good. <laughs> well, I haven't given you so, any other yeah, name I'm, to uh, go I'm, by. I'm so. with you, man. I'm with I'm with ice. So uh, nice janitor. Uh, I'm gonna take janitor on this one by um, reverse flip kick in the second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know if 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 the Nate Diaz. Uh, McDonald card wasn't on the undercard. Wasn't on the undercard. I go like, all right, fair enough. That could be the first fight on the main card. But with that on there, you go, no. <laughs> I totally agree. That's the fight that totally should be on agree. the pay per view. Come on now. Totally agree. <laughs> Gary, what about you? I know, I know, you have your your wisdom to impart on us. Yeah, I mean, this is a fight that is. Uh, you know, like it mentioned, it doesn't necessarily excite me. Uh, you know, Brills, you know, he sort of made a name for himself by, uh, you know, effectively getting robbed against uh, the you know young Nogera and everything. But you know, it doesn't really excite me. And Matashenko has been ex- pretty boring. He's won, you know, by strikes his last fight, but not against really anyone that well known. So, you know, I think that this is just going to be one of those fights that goes for the uh, three rounds. And, you know, it's not going to be utterly boring, you know, in any respect. But I still don't think it's going to be that exciting. I think Matashenko is just going to have a slight edge throughout the fight. And, uh, you know, at the end, uh, I think that he's going to win by legal headbutt. So that's my (laughs) picture. Here I thought he was going to win by by you know Russians holding Jason Brill's family hostage, but uh, yes, no, 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 but by legal headbutting, which people don't realize is actually there are some legal uh, headbutts. Oh yeah, I've seen a few of them. You know, you know what it is. I, I like I like Vladimir. He's uh, he's very humble. He likes to joke around. He's a, he seems like a really cool dude. He actually was was supposed to come on here after we had Brendan Shaw. I don't know. What happened? They're like, yeah, you'll have Vladimir on before his next fight. And I'm like, okay, great. And um, that's where that went. But, um, you know, I, I like him. Jason Brills, I, I have no problem with him. My only thing is that it's almost like they're giving him this fight as a thank you for taking the Nogueira fight. You know what I mean? It almost feels yep. like, 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 thanks, dude. Let's hook him up with this fight you know, for, you for a nice little payday. It almost feels like a favor fight. Could be, man. <laughs> For real, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, that would make sense. That would at least explain why that's on the main card. It's, it's ridiculous. But um, last totally ridiculous. Time to close it out. Uh, Jose Aldo, Mark Hominick, Devin, you can take us away. Um, for me, fight I'm most looking forward to. I mean, GSP Shield is exciting, but I think this Aldo Hominick fight is is going to be awesome. Um, I'm going to go with Aldo. Um, 
even though I think Hominick is going to push him to the limit. Um, I think Aldo's going to take it. I'm going to go second round uh, TKO. Nice. What about you, Spillbag? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, Hominick's amazing. and He's a really great striker, probably the best uh, striker that uh, Aldo's faced. But uh, I just don't think he's going to be able to get in that range to really uh, use his striking that effectively. And, you know, Aldo has just walked through everyone. Um, so, I, I mean, I, I just have to give it to Aldo. Uh, I'm going to say third round TKO. All right. I think, I, I think Aldo's going to be a little bit cautious, you know. He's going to play it a little bit, kind of like he did with uh, Faber, you know. Uh, so, but I think eventually he's going to catch him and, uh, finish him off with some strikes. Although it would be kind of cool to see, uh, it go to the ground and see, uh, Aldo's rarely seen jiu-jitsu skills, but. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, the guy, the guy's like a top-level jits guy and he never has to use it because he's just such a great yeah. striker. It's like, you kind of want to see that, but I don't think he's going to need to, but that's the other thing. Even if, uh. You know, Hominick gets him in some trouble on the feet. He can take it to the ground and, and have an advantage. So, got to go with Aldo. Gary, what about you? Yeah, I mean, I I, I absolutely agree. Uh, I'll say this also. I think to a certain extent, Hominick is overrated. Uh, you know, he he uh, you know he's had a couple of good fights and everything, but uh, I'm going to tell him you said that. Tell him. I can tell him. <laughs> Give him my address and everything. And everything. Uh, I'll tell ben Askren will show up at your door and start uh, kicking your ass. <laughs> yeah, Askren, uh, Askren will hold ben you Askren down ben. while uh, Hominick uh, kicks you in the nuts. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know that uh, uh, Hominick is a good. Uh, he's a, like I said, he's a good fighter, obviously. But you know, again, he's somebody who you know really is not going to present much problems, you know, at all for uh, Jose Aldo. Uh, you know, I just don't see this being competitive in the least. I think that Aldo is going to again sort of pick him apart, and ultimately, I see it in you know maybe the second or third round. Uh, you know, a fairly brutal stoppage. But uh, you know, it's a fight that Aldo does not have many opponents left, and Hominick is definitely one of the tougher guys he can face. But it's more about how good Aldo is. Um, and how much better he is than his uh, level of competition, uh, you know, than anything, you know, really, frankly, uh, you know, about Hominick. But not much of a – I don't think he's going to be very competitive. So, Jose Aldo, quite easy. All right. I'm, I'm picking Aldo also. I think Aldo's going to, you know, he's going to pull the uh, the Uriah Faber defense, which is try and take Hominick's legs out so that he can take power away from – Hominick's laser beam punches that they like to use uh, to describe them. I think that's how it's going to go, and it, it, it's going to definitely be stylistically Aldo count using his leg kicks to counter Hominick's striking to take that away from him. But one thing that, that concerns me is the fact that Aldo hasn't really gotten his jaw tested, and Hominick is definitely the guy to do it. So we're, we're going we're gonna to see if if Aldo can adjust to being hit. He doesn't get hit often, and when he does, you know, 
he, he comes back in a flurry and he finishes guys. So we're going to see if he can he can adjust to getting his jaw tested. <laughs> he takes it as a personal offense when people actually punch him. <laughs> How dare you? Well, here's, here's one thing I, you know, and, and just to throw this out there, they're saying that if he, if Aldo retains, Chad Mendes is next. Oh, boy. So, yeah, it's like, it's like at this point, it's like, <clears throat> while it does sound nice on paper that time, it's like, does anybody give a shit? Yeah, Mendes is not ready for him at all. Not even close. In fact, Mendes would have I, 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 I mean, who, who really is, but fair enough. Yeah, no, I can't, uh, you know, uh, I, I, I think literally he's got to move up. Aldo has to move up to really get real competition. Yeah, I think a move to 55 would be serious business, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Him Henderson, him against Henderson, I think, would be a really good fight. Yeah, that would be a badass fight. Him and, him, yeah. him and Henderson would definitely be sick. I think that if he moves up to 55, the... That's where we're going to see these WEC guys really start taking it to the UFC guys because Aldo Aldo's in a different breed when it comes to striking with some of these guys. Like I don't think anybody at 55 striking right now, other than you know Frankie Edgar probably, and maybe even BJ Penn if he came down, would be ready to stand and trade with him in the middle of the cage. Yep, absolutely. And of course, amazing fighter, amazing fighter. But- but the other thing is, you know, I mean, you you take someone like Frankie Edgar and his boxing is amazing, but, you know, he's not that dynamic striker that Aldo is. I mean, Aldo's got those fucking sick-ass leg kicks. You know, he's just so fast and so, you know, coming from such crazy angles. He's not like, he's such an amazing, it's almost like he's, you know, a mini, uh, a mini, um, sorry, just blanked on uh, Anderson, Anderson Silva. Silva. Yep, I yeah. say that. But even Anderson Silva said that. I saw that on the the, the UFC kind of thing lead up to uh, the, the UFC 129, and supposedly Anderson Silva was quoted as saying, "If if Jose Aldo, if Jose Aldo was in his league, in his weight class, he would retire." So when when Anderson Silva is afraid of you, that says something. Good point. Hominick, Hominick should look out for front kicks, then. Yeah, Hominick definitely should look out for front kicks and for and for teeps, teeps to the legs. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, when you watch that fight with uh, Aldo and uh, Faber, you just, I mean, how many times do you win storing that fight when, like, those kicks that knocked Faber over, you were just like, oh, this, oh, is, man. this, is, this is brutal. This is hard to watch. Faber's leg look like when you leave ham in the refrigerator for too long and it expires. <laughs> <laughs> like nice ham leg there, California kid. Nice. More more like when you leave like ham out in the backyard in the middle of the summer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and of course the big one, GSP and Jake Shields spill bag. You can take it away. Um. Okay. Uh, Jake Shields has the personality of toaster crumbs. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Holy shit! Wow. Oh man, I'm gonna get a 209 beatdown. Wow! That's crazy. Um, <laughs> come on, it's true. When you when you know you when you're like when George St. Pierre makes you look like a dullard, you know you know something's up. <laughs> 
you know, yeah, Jake's jiu-jitsu, top level. Um, obviously, the toughest jiu-jitsu guy that GSP has ever faced. But the question is, what else does he have? And the answer is nothing. And I don't think he's going to be able to get it to the ground. Um, I just think GSP is going to pick him apart on the feet. And, you know, probably, if not a decision of, you know, a, a late round uh, TKO. Okay. Devin, what about you? I totally agree. I mean, uh, on every level. Um, it's, I don't think this goes to the ground. I think he's going to do pretty much exactly what he did to Koscheck. Um it, it may go the distance, too. I, I mean, I don't know. St. Pierre has power in his punches, but I thought he was going to take Koscheck down and out uh, faster and didn't happen. So we'll see uh, if it happens with Shields. But uh, I don't I don't give him – I don't really see this as a huge – I know they're really promoting it as, like, the biggest challenge in the world, but I, I don't see as big of a challenge for St. Pierre in this fight. Um and hearing a little bit of what you said before I came on with Anderson Silva and St. Pierre, and now we're talking. But, uh, yeah, I think St. Pierre retains uh, no problem. All right. Yep. Gary? Yeah, I, I also think that, uh, to to a large extent, I think Jake Shields' style is, is, is made for St. Pierre, if it's possible. And that's that's because I think that St. Pierre is, first of all, you know, I think quicker than Jake Shields, and, you know, at the same time, I think that, you know, his his wrestling, he's going to be able to uh, dictate the terms of the match on the ground. Jake Shields has phenomenal jiu-jitsu, but, you know, GSP knows. He, he just such an intelligent fighter. It'd be a complete shock if he's caught in anything. So I just don't see Shields being able to do that. Shields has real no, no real striking skills, so... Again, other than, you know, winning by submission, certainly is not going to ground and pound either, um, you know, GSP. So other than by submission, I don't see any way he can win. And, again, I don't see GSP giving, leaving himself open for submission. Uh, fortunately, I think this may end up being not the most exciting fight. I think it's going to be, you know, sort of GSP on top, uh, somewhat ground and pound. Uh, Jake will have a couple moments, but I kind of see it also going to a decision and uh, not being entirely satisfying, though I've got to be honest, GSP's decisions I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed. I know some people don't. I, I have just his wrestling and his takedowns and, and everything, and obviously the jabbing uh, exhibition last time against Koscheck. But I think this fight, just I don't know, I think it's going to end up being a, a disappointing five-round decision for GSP. Wait a minute. Do you really think GSP is going to want to take Jake to the ground? No, I'm not. Uh, well, and, risk, well, okay. and risk getting submitted? Oh, absolutely. I have no doubt that he wants to take him down, and I don't think he has any fear of being submitted by him. Yep. That's ballsy, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that is a ballsy statement. Uh, yeah. Uh, bordering on insane. No, we'll see what happens, but I, I'll tell you, uh, you're underestimating. You're underestimating George St. Pierre, which I don't think anybody ever really does. Uh, but if you think that he's, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, he's afraid I of being I, submitted, he's not going to no, just stand think, around I and, think, and, and I don't just jab. You know, Jake Shields the whole fight. Wait, hold, hold on there, buddy. Now I know some people have said, "Oh, well, if Jake Shields gets it to the ground, it's all over." Jake Shields is so great at jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that at all. 
I think GSP is is great on the ground, uh, despite you know obviously Shields having better jujitsu. Mm-hmm. I just don't think Shield uh, GSP would want to go into the one area where Shields has a shot. Well, but GSP again is a ground and pounder. So if he's not going to take it to the ground, what is he going to no, do? No, he's not. He's a great he striker. He is a ground and pounder as well. He absolutely yeah, well, is. Before he learned wrestling, before Sarah knocked him out, all he did was, like, kickboxing. He beat the shit out of people, mostly on the feet. He's amazing on the feet. He, no, he is amazing on the feet, but at the same time, you look at the fights that he's, when, he, when it's gone up, the competition, and, you know, again, uh, you know, Tiago, when he fought... Um, uh, what's his name again? I'm, I'm sorry, the guy who uh, had the uh, potential brain tumor and uh, thankfully turned out not to be uh, a brain tumor. What's that? Was that Tiago Alves? He had the, he had the yeah, brain Yeah, Tiago Alves. I'm sorry, I, I was going to say Silva. But Tiago Alves, you know, again, what did he do? He got him on the ground and he beat the hell out of him. So, you know, and there's another guy who, uh, you know, obviously he had striking and it made sense to do that. But, you know, GSP has been evolving more into a ground and pound fighter. That's right, evolving, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Alves is not as good a jiu-jitsu guy as Shields, although he's he's close. And Alves is dangerous on the feet, whereas Shields, you know, is nothing on the feet. It's true, but again, if you go by other than the fight against Koscheck, um, if you go by GSP's recent history, it has been taking guys down and beating the hell out of them. Yeah, but he's also a guy who adapts to whatever his opponent is strong at and weak at. So you can't really go by his his recent history because I think he's going to say, well, you know, uh, Shields Shields is a great jiu-jitsu guy, so I'm just going to keep it on the feet and stuff his takedowns and, you know, beat the crap out of him on the feet. Yeah, I, I look at it this way. The best, the best want to beat the guys at their best, and GSP is going to be that type of guy here. That's my prediction. I hope he does keep it on his feet, by the way, because I think it'll be a more exciting fight. But uh, I'm predicting a ground and pound win by GSP. I'm, I'm not going to change just because you're passionate and, and, and you're bringing up GSP 15 years ago. Yeah, well, you know what, buddy? Next next show, someone's going to be gloating, and it's his name is going to be Spillbag of Ice. Oh, yes. I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with GSP mostly because you know Shields Shields got and and my my measuring stick for this is Shields and Henderson. A lot of people sit there and they're like, oh, well, you know, he beat Dan Henderson. I'm like, he barely beat Dan Henderson. It's like stop fucking you know blowing. But Henderson other. was half dead after the first round. Yeah, but it's like it's like fucking blowing Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, he beat Dan Henderson. No, he didn't. He didn't. No. He almost did. You know. And I mean, the other thing is, and the other thing is, even though Henderson hits a lot harder than GSP, he's not as good of a striker technically as GSP. You know, he's good. He's good. He's he's on the Chuck Liddell. You know, I catch you with that right hand and it's lights out. You know, you know that's a survival. Wait, are you are you dissing the H bomb? <laughs> I'm not dissing the H-bomb, but just the fact that you're not going to get hit with it. Yeah, I agree. And and Jake Shields, he got hit, and and he got rocked. And, yeah, he did win, but it's like, Shields' boxing 
working with Freddie Rose is significantly up there now. To the point where he can do serious damage. And and that that's gonna be it. He's gonna use he's gonna definitely use the striking and he's gonna use his distance to keep shields away. He may just try to be a dick and, and go for it in Canada and take it to the ground, but he may just do that from being amped up from being at home. And he may still take it on the ground. You know, he may get caught in a triangle and power out of it and smash Jake's shield and that'll be it. Right. You know, if if GSP if GSP loses Man, there's going to be a riot in Canada. Holy oh, shit. Man. Jake Shields, I mean, if Jake Shields wins and Nick Diaz is there and he goes, fuck you guys, they're just going to go, we are experiencing technical difficulties. And that <laughs> It'll be like South Park. There'll be a war declared between Canada and the U.S. Oh, my God. It'll be terrible. It'll end terrible. All right. So we got we got everything wrapped up. It's gonna be a uh, it's gonna be a badass night of fights. Um, I'll be there. I will be there. By the way, get out of here for real. Well, I mean, watching on TV. Oh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but with that said, I I'm looking. I know I know it's one o'clock. So, um, but before yeah, we it's way past Gary's bedtime. Yeah, it really is. Actually, it's like three hours past my bedtime. <laughs> it, it's past Gary's bedtime, but uh, but Devin, first, you know, thank you for coming on, hanging out with us. You know, I know you got the baby, so that's kind of one of the reasons why I want to make sure everything is tied up nice and neat. Um, before <laughs> you go, uh, any plugs, any shout-outs, anything you want to get out there, anything that you guys are working on that you want to promote that we can put out there? Sure, sure. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been really fun. Um, I, I Looking forward to the card, and, and uh, again, just really appreciate you uh, giving us the opportunity to get the message out. Um, all our information is at our website, pureflightgear.org. Uh, you can uh, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash pureflightgear. Uh, we're on Twitter, at pureflightgear. Um, we've got Pure TV Gyms coming up, which is, uh, you'll find that on our website for now. Um, and, you know, the best way to, to stay in the loop is to find us on Facebook, and we keep you up to date. We do have the promotion for sponsorship right now. You can give as little as $10 a month, and uh, after 90 days or through payments, you will receive a free T-shirt. So sign up, help us out, help us do more good, and spread the message. Awesome. Um, I added you guys to the favorites on, on our Facebook fan page, so if you guys didn't get that information right away you can look on it there and I've also linked to Pure Fight Gear on a status update on our fan page so you can just click that and like them as well and like Devin said look for them on Facebook and also look for the links on our show links page on mytakeradio.com to keep up with those guys. Devin I'll be ordering a shirt. You'll be seeing the order shortly after I wrap things up so I appreciate it and we definitely want to try and help you guys You know, raising awareness and working with you guys whether it's you know you guys coming out with panels or for panels or link exchanges, whatever. We definitely want to help the cause because I really feel it's genuine and I, I, I really respect what you're doing. Well, we appreciate it very much, and uh, I can't say that enough. And uh, it's been great to be on here with you guys, uh, all of you. Gary, Ice, uh, it's been fun. So thank you guys. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing uh, who tallied up the best record uh, on the wins and losses when this is all over. You got it, here. <laughs> thanks a lot thanks a lot Devin and uh, great work really uh, you know definitely going to support you guys with the sponsorship so yeah we'll, we'll give you, you so we'll much. definitely give you a plug man 
Yep. All right. Hey, appreciate it, guys. All right, man. Take care of yourself. All right. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, man. All right, that was Devin from Pure Fight Gear. If you want further information, you can head over to purefightgear.org. You can also follow them at Twitter, Pure Fight Gear. Also look for them on Facebook. It's uh, facebook.com slash purefightgear, and you can look for the link on the My Take Radio Facebook fan page. All right, guys, um, I know I know Gary's going to roll out, and Spillbag, I know you want to stick around and do some movies, so... You know, I'll probably just have to mute you while I bang out wrestling and, and gaming news, so if you want to stick around, do it. Yeah, sure, man. Why not? I got no life. There you go. Um, Gary, of course. Yeah, I, can, I, can verify, I can vouch that for him on that one. <laughs> my, my life is serving the MMA community. There you go. He's married to his job. He's married to his job as a MMA, you know, as, as a, uh, you know, a... Uh, Mediocre MMA personality. Wow. Hey, fuck you, buddy. Yeah. An MMA pundit. And I mean that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and the funny thing was, I was thinking of, not mediocre, I was trying to think like a uh, a, a better word, and couldn't think of one, so I just threw it out there knowing that uh, it was particularly vicious. Nah, I love the guy, he's great. I wouldn't even do my show anymore if he wasn't with me, to be honest with you, if I'm going to be completely honest. Hey, there's there's no harm in that, I am... You know, I, I, I respect what you guys do. Of course, you can catch uh, Gary and Spilled Bag of Ice every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Blog Talk Radio, blogtalkradio.com slash MMA Gospel. You can also read the Spilled Bag of Fights on MMAGospel.com along with Dan, Mallory, and the rest of those guys putting in hard work, giving you an honest view of the MMA world. So definitely I appreciate both of you guys coming on, Spilled. Um, By the way, it's uh, it's it's eight thirty Pacific time, right? No, it's not. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. It's five thirty Pacific time. There you go, five thirty Pacific time. Thank you for for tossing that sorry. out. Sorry, sorry. Um, anything else you want to add, Gary? Any any anything you want to promote? Any guests or whatnot? Well, just to, just again, you know, next week we have the sort of uh, you know very very special episode because it's going to be in. Um, uh, debate format. First, we're having a great female fighter, uh, you know, on Cat uh, uh, Zindag. What, what's the name? Cat, her name is. Very good female fighter. Um, top, one of the top, uh, you know, in the world. And uh, then we're going to be having, and in a debate form, uh, several, several sort of uh, folks on, on t- both sides of the issue of where female MMA stands today, where it's going to go in the future, and, you know, either the, the, the weaknesses or the strengths, depending on what viewpoint you have. So it's going to be a pretty heated discussion. Uh, if you heard our show a few weeks ago, Dan, uh, you know, Dan uh, Hayseed, um, uh, Griffin, and uh, Mark Q from uh, fightergirls.com had to be separated, almost came to blows. Uh, talking about this. So we're having them all back. We're going to have a debate, a couple of other people. That's next week. And uh, really, really ask uh, everybody to come join us. And a week after that, we've got uh, Dwayne Bang Ludwig uh, joining us. So uh, a lot of things happening. And, uh, again, you're the only guy, by the way, I'd stay up for uh, to 1 a.m. Uh, doing a show. I have to tell you that. I appreciate it, brother. I, I, you know, I appreciate all the support you guys give us. So, you know, I'll definitely try and tune in for that debate. I may even try and call in for that. 
Would love that. Would love. Would love. And this time I know it's you calling in and not some, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know. Yeah, but like, like you, like you were saying before, it's like if we took another caller, their sh- our show wind up going like four hours. Of course. <laughs> yeah, but I was going to bring him on just to ask. You want? You really want to ask Dave Camarillo a question? And I would have loved to bring him on. I just had no idea who. Well, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No worries. No worries. Yeah. All right. But um, I will I will catch you around, Gary. Go get yourself some sleep. And again, thanks for coming on. Go always a pleasure, time. sir. Always a pleasure. And uh, spill bag. Always a pleasure. Uh, no I will. I, I count the hours until we we're together again on our show next week. So I, I, I love you too, that. Gary. Yes. Yes. Right, Gary. He's not just a friend. He's a close He's a companion. companion. So. Yes. <laughs> I'll catch you later, Gary. Okay. Take care, guys. All right, man. Later, man. All right, Spillbag, I'm just going to mute you so I can go through this stuff because I just saw we got like 45 minutes, so. Sweet. All right, so I'm going to mute you and I'll bring you in for the movie stuff. Sounds good. Yeah, hi, brother. All right. Our MMA panel is complete. We are going to talk some wrestling. Um, I'm going to take a commercial break because uh, I need some water. Yeah, that's it. And um, with that, we're going to play a little quick, a quick little commercial. You know those shows where they play video game music and they laugh in like really high voices like... <laughs> well, you won't listen to that on our show because uh, we don't have the budget for that kind of thing. We're broke as hell. And uh, nobody really cares that much to laugh that hard. So um, if you're looking for a show like that that has horrible audio quality and... Uh, Void of fake laughter. Video game news radio. 11 p.m. Tuesday nights on all games. some wrestling. Of course, the WWE draft happened this past week. Raw overall was a shadow of itself only because there were some things that I felt were just totally insane and some things that were total horseshit. Um, Put it like this. I'm just going to condense everything, time constraints being a factor. Also, Raw was passable. R-Truth's promo was solid, but I just can't buy R-Truth being a legit heel only because they've bastardized him and clowned him so much and made him look like a complete fool. He's just a a dancing jackass that all of a sudden is hardcore. I I feel that they, they, they dropped the ball with that, and it could have been done so much better. So I was not a fan of that. Also, with regards to the draft itself, um, some of the draft picks were stupid. Um, one particular thing, which I can almost equate as really the low point of the show, was drafting John Cena to SmackDown, which I had no problem with. And then at the end of the ni- at the end of the night, making him come back to Raw in another draft pick. It was stupid. It was really hokey, and it was just a terrible bait and switch on behalf of the of the WWE. Not impressed. Just to recap the draft picks. 
Monday Night Raw got the following superstars. Jack Swagger, Kelly Kelly, JTG, Drew McIntyre, Kurt Hawkins, who? <laughs> Chris Masters, Kofi Kingston, Tyler Rex, Beth Phoenix, Rey Mysterio, The Big Show, Alberto Del Rio, and John Cena. On the SmackDown side of things, the blue brand gets Daniel Bryan, which was a no-brainer, the great Kali, the Usos, Alicia Fox, William Regal, Yoshitatsu, Natalia, Ted DiBiase Jr., Tyson Kidd, Tamina, Alex Riley, Sheamus, Randy Orton, Mark Henry, and Sin Cara. Now, of course, the big question is, your U.S. champion and your IC belt are on one show. Are we unifying them? Are we going to give a Raw superstar one of these belts? Is there going to be a trade? What the fuck is going to happen with those two belts? That's, that's something that jumped out to me. Overall, the Raw special felt almost like a panic move, pushing it up all the way to April and not using it for your usual three-hour Raw. My high points, like I said, were the bringing Del Rio to Raw. I think he has the opportunity to shine in feuds with guys like John Cena, The Miz, if you want to possibly turn The Miz face. Um, the Rock's involvement in WrestleMania can even involve some, uh, some instances with Del Rio, which we may see this Monday on The Rock's birthday through Raw Spectacular. But... Overall, that was something that jumped out at me. The bait and switch from John Cena was the complete low point. Um, Eve Torres and Layla was actually a high point only because Layla completely flipped out and killed Michelle McCool, and I felt that that was a good, volatile breakup that was uh, actually a way for Layla to shine. A lot of the times you'd expect Michelle McCool to be the, the, the bigger star in the, in the feud, but Layla actually destroyed her viciously, and it was really great. Uh, crazy crying Layla works, and I think they should really stretch this out a little bit to give them a little bit more of a little bit more depth to their feud. So overall, that was my high point. Rey Mysterio being on Raw, I, we obviously know that they're going to work their hardest to keep him separate from Sincara. Whether this involves him more so feuding with Del Rio, which I've heard is a, is has a political move in regards to the move to Raw because Del Rio and Sin Cara have beef. How legit that is, I couldn't tell you. the The draft seemed subpar from the from the broadcast standpoint in terms of what superstars went to what brands. I think Daniel Bryan, Yoshi, Ted DiBiase, Tyson Kidd, A. Rye, um, they're all going to benefit from going to SmackDown. The Mark Henry heel turn was completely awkward. The reasoning is something I definitely want to see come SmackDown so I can get an understanding of why they went that route. It's almost like they want all the minorities to fight each other, but that's just my own personal logic. Again, Raw was passable. The draft was okay. What happens to some of these superstars like the Kurt Hawkins and the Tyler Rex on the Raw side of things? We're going to see if they're going to be allowed to develop and shine. Jack Swagger on Raw is just going to be bullshit with Michael Cole and JR and the King, which is really starting to get old hat, so not a fan of that. In some other wrestling news, I do want to acknowledge that Jay Lethal is no longer with TNA. He um, got released from the company and is accepting independent bookings. Uh, I personally am very sad to see Jay Lethal go. He's one of the original guys. In TNA, he's been around a long time. He's been in some really weird gimmicks, like his Macho Man gimmick. 
his tag team partnership with Consequences Creed were high points. Uh, he had great chemistry with the Amazing Red and some of the other X Division guys. He's an asset to any organization he goes to. What happens to him from here, who knows, but I, a lot of people are saying that Jay Lethal was released almost to as a warning shot for the X Division because they were promised the possibility of being spotlighted. But unfortunately, it fell, it fell apart, and the X Division continues to be stagnant. So I feel bad seeing Jay Lethal get released. Uh, the other thing I did want to mention, and I know Mist is on the line, was the rumor that CM Punk is not happy with his current WWE contract and he is not planning on renewing basically because he feels he's been brushed aside for guys like The Miz and Alberto Del Rio and he feels that he's a better talent and should be in the upper echelon with guys like John Cena and The Undertaker and Rey Mysterio and in a way I do have to agree and I'm gonna run that by mist real quick I know it feels a little rushed but you know we got basically 40 minutes of show, so I want to try and squeeze everything in there. So let me bring Mist in. What's up, lady? What's going on? Hey, how you doing? Um, I'm going to try and be quick then, because I didn't know I just looked at the time, too. Um, the CM Punk thing, I was wondering about that, because I hadn't heard the rumors. I like saw people talking on Twitter. Yep. Why is there an echo? Anyway, um, but I didn't know why... They were upset about him, but now I do. So yeah, he was. A, um, a, and supposedly he's dating Beth Phoenix, which is why they moved they moved her to Raw allegedly to kind of placate him so that he could just hang out. But I understand his frustration because, uh, and especially it's almost a little bit of of a bait and switch. Me using the Miz in in conversation with you, but how are you going to promote the Miz over CM Punk? when CM Punk is a better performer. So I do understand that frustration. Everybody can. Everybody knows that I think The Miz is an abomination. Yep. Like, he's not even a good heel. In terms of promoing, like, I have my personal beefs and don't really care for CM Punk. But um, in terms of promoing and working in the ring, I mean, when he's on. Like, sometimes he's not on and then he, like, half-asses it. But, um... When he is on, he's far better. He has far more experience. Like, I don't understand why he could not be a top heel as opposed to The Miz because watching The Miz awkwardly promote and then call himself awesome is like, it makes me cringe. Well, do you, do you think that CM Punk at this stage in the game would benefit from leaving the organization? Because let's be honest. And go where? The DNA. <laughs> Where's he going? <laughs> He's gonna go over to TNA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gonna do there. Oh yeah. Did, did, Jeff Hardy. Oh yeah, that Jeff Hardy who we haven't seen and TNA hasn't decided if they're gonna get rid of yet. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> you can see that really working out. <laughs> of course. Now, no, there's nowhere for him to go. Like he would have to stay there. I think this is just a power play on his, his, I guess his end. Um, the whole moving Beth Phoenix. If they're not going to bring in, well, they're calling her Karma now, but she'll always be awesome Kong to me. If she's not coming in on Raw, 
to feud with Beth Phoenix, what the hell is Beth Phoenix going to do over there? Because the current Diva champion is one of the Bella Twins. Yeah. Or both of the Bella Twins. Yeah. So there's, some, like, there's like nothing there for her to do. Um, what does concern me is the fact that they moved two more belts on the same brand. Like, yep. the, the combining the belts thing really irritates me for some reason. Like, I feel like it, it makes the mid-card even harder to promote and get them over because there's nothing for them to compete for. I agree 100%. So, like, I, I just I just thought the draft was awkward, the people that they moved. Yep. So, that was I, I, I felt the same way. I mean... You're taking, you're moving Beth Phoenix, which is fine. Then you're moving Kelly Kelly, which is obviously, you know, fodder for Awesome Kong to feud with. But you move a guy like Tyler Rex, who's, you can tell he's built to be on Raw because mm-hmm. it's, it, it, you, you want to have the big guys there, him, Chris Masters, Drew McIntyre. They, they don't know what the fuck else to do with him, so they're going to move him to Raw. But a guy like, a guy like Kurt Hawkins, strikes me as odd unless they're planning on finally doing something with him and JTG also but there's a part of me that smells JTG aligning with R-Truth that could work I mean they shouldn't have fired Shad if they were going to do that but okay (laughs) smell it happening because think about it what the fuck else is he going to do hey (laughs) I actually think R-Truth should go it alone he's been doing cutting some really good heel promos like he was cursing up a storm on Raw and I was like yeah go 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 he's like smoking in front of the little kids (laughs) like he's actually putting I think what are his real frustrations he's putting them into his promos well that, that I like but you know what it is I think that they've damaged this character so much with his what's up yeah, with the fucking, you know, be, being black Sammy Davis Jr. coming out there and yeah. fucking singing and dancing and juking and jiving. It's like, yeah. when, to that point, his character is irreparably damaged. I, I, one thing that I said is he should cut the braids off and just change his look so that he can embrace this new character. Hell, they're saying that Kofi Kingston cut his hair. Whoa. Yeah, he tweeted a picture and he said, uh-oh, we have a problem. And it was him... It was a picture of his hand. He had dreads, the dreads in his hand. So we I made, think a lot of the wrestlers are starting to do that. Like, they're chasing at these stereotypes. Yeah, I don't know. I think our truth to, to really step into his own needs to really embrace just a change, like new ring gear. You know, don't cut. Stop coming out dressed in fucking South Pole jeans. You know, shut up. I hear my Jamaica ass. Let's not. Let's stop. Stop the shit. <laughs> That's like a professional. <laughs> well, anything he can do would upgrade his character. Because, like, I get tired of reading the tweets on my timeline where people, like, they completely blow over the fact that he's a really strong in-ring wrestler. Like, even his moves are much more innovative. And I'm going to be honest, while I think John Morrison is okay, you know, he has about a 50-50 fail ratio where he hits moves and he can't land them. He either can't he can't sell them, he can't land them right. Like he does some great things like he did at the pay-per-view where he jumped from the barrier to the ring. Awesome. But his starship pain like even his fans are like, is he going to hit it? Is he going to hit it? Yeah, he don't hit nobody. 
Let me tell you something. Somebody backstage has a better shot of hitting Molina than he has of hitting somebody with that fucking bullshit ass wound. Let's not. <laughs> that's why Batista's getting a new contract because they think <laughs> if Batista comes back and starts fucking that guy's chick, then maybe he'll start performing <laughs> to a level of acceptance because he won't be distracted. Yeah. <laughs> only guy. He tries. He tries. I mean, he really, all of his gimmicks that they've given him, he commits to them. I remember when he was like Johnny Nitro. I mean, they're all kind of the same gimmick where he's like, you know, this douchey sex god. <laughs> he commits to it. But his ring, like his moveset, good Lord, no. <laughs> like he needs to cut some of the flash because one of his biggest problems is he's too big to hit the moves that he tries to hit. Yep. That's a, he's a big dude. You know You know what it is? He's the only guy I know who whose wrestling, ability, whose wrestling ability diminishes when he starts getting laid. When he wasn't getting, <laughs> getting smashed out by Molina on the regular, his wrestling was on point. Everybody's like, oh, shit, John Morrison's getting the belt in six months. <laughs> as soon as Batista disappeared from the picture and he hooked up with her, it's like I lost respect for the dude when they went. And, and, again, this is all rumors. But if a rumor is going around that you let other dudes tag your chick and you think it's all good because it's helping your career, you are a douche. (laughs) (laughs) Period. And like I said, that's all speculation. And, you know, I just like feeding it because it's funny. But (laughs) if, if, if you're in a relationship with a chick who's damaging your fucking career, then you need to kind of put that shit off to the side because guess what? You're not going to make that money. And they want to fucking... I have to be devil's advocate here. Okay, with the Molina thing, and and yes, I'm a little biased because I do I I do happen to like Molina. However, I noticed the only time, but the only time people complain about Molina doing whatever is every time Trish is back. If she comes to visit, if she stays for any length of time. All of a sudden, we get to hear again about what this big slut Molina is. And I got to be honest, even if that's true, I don't know. Right. She's not the only one. (laughs) Some of the demons on there have been really, you know, skanked. But she's the only one everyone complains about, and they only do it around about the time that Trish comes back. I got to be honest. Fanboys and fangirls, Trish is not that good of a wrestler, okay? They hold her up like she's this icon of WWE wrestling. That's only because when she was there, she was like the Sunny replacement because she would do everything Vince would say. Like, Sunny has always been known to be outspoken and not want to, you know, play ball. So she that's what she was brought in as, to replace Sunny and to basically um, be the younger version of Sable because Sable wasn't going to be around much longer. So to say she's like this great wrestler who brought the Divas division out of nowhere is not really true because they put Trish over Molly Holly and a lot of other stronger wrestling women, and she wasn't that good. So she wasn't the only one. If Molina is doing what they say, she's not the only one. Well. That's something, that's something that I know that when we get more time, we're gonna definitely have to scratch the surface of because there's, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of meat and potatoes in that story. Okay. All right. Any anything okay. else to add? 
No, because I'm like, I got some kind of weird echo in my phone. So I can barely even hear. All right. So I better go. I'll catch you later. All right. Take care. All right. Um, I really want to get to the movie segment, the, the the gaming stuff. I'm gonna to have to jump back and forth. So if the gaming segment, for those of you that are holding on, gets doesn't get covered, I apologize. But I am going to go into the movies, and um, I'll bring on Bill, Spilled Bag in a second. But uh, there, there's some there's some movie stuff that needs to be addressed. Let's just put it that way. With that, let's get into some movies. <laughs> For those of you just tuning in, I did skip over the movie, the video game segment just because there's a couple of movie news I really want to get out there. And um, I wanted to have Spilled Bag of Ice from MMA Gospel assist in some of the discussions of some of the news items for tonight. So with that, I'm going to bring him back on. Mr. Ice. What up? All right. Um, a couple of things. I'm going to run some movie news by you. And... Um, uh, I like know, how I'm, you have a jingle and everything, too. Oh, yeah, I got jingles for all the segments when they decide to work. So, <laughs> <they're> definitely <laughs> nice. a for them. But um, first off, and, you're, and, and you know this just because as a movie buff, you know that the Twilight series is super huge, makes a shit ton of money, and everybody knows I, that. The- I weep at night because of it. Oh, yeah, of course. There's a second, there's a last film coming out. It's going to be split in two parts, and that was supposed to be it. Turns out. That is not the case. There's a rumor that the author of the books is working on writing a book based on the Jacob Black and Vampire Baby uh, character from the last book for a spinoff. And uh, Taylor Lautner was questioned by MTV, and he goes, um, would be interesting. Stephanie comes up with the craziest things. I'm sure she could go on. He says, that's a crazy thought, and it's news to me. Now, with that said, do you think at this point they're just trying to squeeze the last drops of blood out of that franchise by creating a spinoff? No pun intended. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah, of course. I mean, that's, you know, in my in my other life, aside from being Spillbag of Ice, uh, I'm a writer and mostly a screenwriter, actually. Oh, wow, look at that. So... Uh, yeah, you know, there's. It seems like everything that comes out is is basically uh, based on a a novel or a screenplay or a comic book or, you know. So yeah, it's all about franchises and you know, if there's money to be made, they'll keep making them. There's and teenage girls have plenty of disposable income. <laughs> well, it's it's crazy though because. It's almost at this point where, you know, the Harry Potter books, they're respecting the fact it's the last movies and they're just going to wrap that up. But to go this far into it, squeeze all this money and say, you know what, I'm going to write another book and we're going to make a movie out of it. Yeah, it's it's marketing, it's money, and, you know, it's there. So, of course, they're going to they're gonna do it. Well, here's going to ride. They're going to ride that thing to the ground, man. <laughs> Well, here's here's another one to to add to it. The uh, the Fowley brothers are doing an adaptation of the Three Stooges. 
for the big screen. And as of right now, Will Sasso is going to be playing Curly, Sean Hayes is playing Larry, and an actor named uh, Chris uh, Diamantopoulos is going to be playing Moe. Who are these people? Exactly. Number one, who are these people? I know Will Sasso from, from Mad TV, but who are these people, and do we really need a big screen adaptation of the Three Stooges? Uh, no, but again, you know, as a screenwriter, you just go, you know, I've got ideas. I know lots of screenwriters have ideas, original ideas. Um, I mean, when does it become like the, uh, you know, Saved by the Bell movie? Like, how far down are you going to go? That <laughs> That's, it, it, it's just, it's just sad that they want to go that route and, especially for something like the Three Stooges, but they were saying that Hollywood is going to be putting out 95 sequels this year. I, I wish I could be shocked. Sure. 95 sequels. And, and, and to add to that, and it's a great segue, Arnold Schwarzenegger announced that he will be returning to the Terminator franchise for a fifth installment that's going to be directed by Justin Lin, who directed Fast Five. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that the last the last two Terminators were, were shitty. I'm sorry. I mean, the last one was okay visually. It was, like, impressive directing. Like, visually, it looked amazing. But story-wise, it was, it was shit. Yeah, I mean, I mean they, they're really running that one into the ground, too. And, it, it's, and, it's Arnold, and Arnold is coming back, which is crazy. That's how you know that there has to be a huge payday for him, for him to come back to that. Well, yeah, probably. Plus, it's also, it could just be his segue, you know, out of politics and back into movies. So I don't know. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Justin Lin. Everybody says that they that, uh, a good review of Fast Five that I read this afternoon considered Fast Five the Empire Strikes Back of the Fast and Furious series. I can't even believe that somebody wrote that in a fucking review. I wanted to stick my hand through the screen and strangle them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, is that really saying much? It's like there you go. It's it's the best of a kind of crappy mediocre series. Yeah, it's car pick super. <laughs> but 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 you know what? In terms of mediocre films, nothing beats this that I read today, and it's part of what I like to call our "What the fuck" movie segment. They are working on rebooting the Zorro franchise, and it's going to be titled Zorro Reborn. And it's going to be taking place in a post-apocalyptic future. And Zorro would be a vigilante bent on revenge. Uh, okay. You, let me tell you something, dude. Here's a little screenwriter inside, inside information. Shoot. Uh, most, a lot of times with stuff like that, like, even with, say, a Die Hard or any series like that, a Bourne movie, something like that, if it's not based on a book or whatever, sometimes they'll take, like, an original script and they'll say, you know, this kind of reminds me of Die Hard. Can we make it into a Die Hard movie? Jesus. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody wrote sort of, like, a script where that was their inspiration. 
and some Hollywood suit was like, well, hell, let's just make it Zorro in the in the post-apocalyptic world, you know? Yeah, but wasn't fucking V for Vendetta practically that anyway? Yes. <laughs> it's like, like it's like it's like yeah, we're gonna do Zorro in a, in a post-apocalyptic future, and then you have V for Vendetta, which is kind of the same shit. And they're like, oh yeah, but if we use Zorro, we can get more Latinos to watch. <laughs> Or at least it's like someone goes, oh, Zorro, yeah, there's name recognition. Yep. But and that's sort of the problem with Hollywood is everything is about, you know, mark, the marketing team takes over. Yeah, I got a, I got another another what-the-fuck movie news uh, for you that you'll like. Brett Ratner, who we all know is such a creative gem, you know, Michael Bay, <laughs> Michael Bay Light, as I like to call him, is in, nice. talks, in talks to direct... Hercules the Thracian Wars, which is based on a comic book series. And um, the comic book breakdown is, 1,400 years ago, a tormented soul walked the earth and was neither man nor god. Hercules, powerful son of the god king Zeus, received nothing but suffering. After 12 labors and the loss of his family, this dark, world-weary soul turned his back on the gods, finding his only solace in bloody battle. Over the years, he warmed to the company of six similar souls. Their only bond being their love of fighting and the presence of death. These men and women never question where, why, or whom they go to fight, only how much they will be paid. Knowing this, the king of Thrace has hired these mercenaries to train his men to become the greatest army of all time. Hercules begins to question the king's motives, and when he takes his army out to battle and sees them practice on innocent men, women, and children of their neighbors. Deep in his soul something stirs, but it is nothing to stop a mad king and his army. From marching across Greece, even Olympus itself. What the hell? I'll tell you this, dude. Ready? I'm going to put on my suit. Dude, it's 300 meets Clash of the Titans. Boom. <laughs> you know what's funny? You being a screenwriter, and, and now that I know that, I got, I'll definitely have you on more often. We talk about, when I talk about this stuff, about them just taking magnets and throwing it at the walls with ideas like throw a magnet at a wall and it's like crippled guy next magnet soldier next magnet fights aliens Lex mag is a homosexual dude, dude there's a book like that <laughs> seriously if you go to like Barnes and Noble or Borders whatever store and you, there's actually a book where you flip like character situation and like you know uh resolution so it's like you know like you flip it randomly and it's like you know a young man from the, the ghetto you know finds an alien <laughs> and must save humanity with uh you know by by learning an important lesson it, it, it's embarrassing that brett ratner would do this and 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 they'd buy it just because it's like, oh, it's based on a comic book. Comic books are hot. Fuck it. Brett Ratner can do a really great job with this. And I'm just like, really? I always say it. I'd like to find, you know, it, it's like the Hollywood executives meet Honey Badger. Lock door and let them figure it out. Well, you know, Brett Ratner defines the term hack. Yeah, he really is, dude. Like, And, and you know, people think hack it means like someone's bad. It doesn't. It just means they, they're in it for the money. Yep. They don't they have no artistic integrity whatsoever. It's just, you know. How much is a check? Okay. 
Well, one of, one of our callers, he, he always calls in for the what the fuck movie news, our buddy uh, Dark Helmet. I'm going to bring him on. Dark Helmet, what do you got? Well, first I'm going to go with what you just said about the whole thing with the picking stuff out of random. And wow, I have a bad echo. But yeah, I do I'm too. reminded of the South Park episode for Family Guy where they have the manatees pushing around balls. And those balls, like, subject, this, that, create the joke. And they don't make any sense, but the writers work it. That's what it sounds like. Well, that's Hollywood. Spilled bag can, can tell you that right now. Isn't that how it works? They push around the, 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 the idea on, on a fucking scrap of paper until somebody decides to sign a check for it? Pretty much. I mean, you, you, they, they don't want to know, you know, what the characters are about, how they evolve, anything of any meaning. It's they want to know the marketing terms right up front. Like, so they want to, you know, merchandising, merchandising. That's where it's all about. They want something they can put on a movie poster, and you know, someone will be like, "Oh, I know that. I get it." It doesn't matter if it's good. So unless you're like the Cohen brothers or, you know, somebody who has like free reign because you've established yourself, it's like, okay, tell us how you're going to market this. They don't care if it's good or not. Yep. Yeah. It's like, what's the angle? <laughs> what's the angle? What are the toys and who can we promote it with? Yeah, it's 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 embarrassing. And um, here's here's something that is, is going to be looked at as good or bad. Um and and helmet, I'll keep you on for this. We all know that the Lord of the Rings is coming out on Blu-ray uh, this fall. But here's the fun part: they're re-releasing the films on the big screen starting from June 14th to June 28th. <laughs> How's about that? Buy the Blu-ray, but... buy it. You could go see the movie all over again between June 14th and June 28th. Well, so now extended version. <laughs> Yes. The now, that, now, now they're not even recycling old ideas. They're just like, hey, let's just put that in the theaters again. Yep. A AMC theaters will be screening the extended versions of The Fellowship, Two Towers, and Return of the King. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I could see when they did it with the Star Wars series because it was like, you know, 25 years later, but... Yeah, Lord well, of the Rings... only like 10 I mean, years... Yeah. The Lord of the Rings. Yeah, exactly. There you go. Anything else to add, Dark Helmet? Yeah, the Zoro thing, the reason I mentioned like a Fallout 3, because that's the first thing that's going to pop into a lot of people's minds. You have Zoro the mercenary in a post-apocalyptic world. Fallout 3, you can have your guy running around with a sword, killing and doing missions, and that's what I see. I'm like, Zoro in Fallout. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. It's sad, but not as sad it as is. not as sad as Disney doing a Lone Ranger movie with Army Hammer from the Social Network as the Lone Ranger and Johnny Depp as Tonto. Okay, that does that does, that deserves the boo. Thing. Yeah. See. And Jerry Bruckheimer's producing it, Gore Verbinski's directing it, which pretty much means that once the final credits roll on Pirates of the Caribbean, here comes a new franchise for Johnny Depp to make a shitload of money on and continue to be eccentric and crazy. Remember when that yeah, guy used to have artistic integrity? Yes. Benny and June was one of his 
uh, you know, artistic masterpieces. Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> Edward Scissorhands, yes. Yeah, that doesn't exactly. happen. Anything else yeah. to add? No, well, that let's, covers. Let's, be, let's let's be fair though. There are, you know, original scripts that come out that are uh, groundbreaking and brilliant and don't have anything to do with a comic book or a sequel or a franchise. Like, for example, Drive Hard. Yeah. If, you, if you're not picking up on that, that's sarcasm. No, I don't. But, but, yeah. you know, but you know what's original? Hobo with a shotgun. <laughs> you, you, you guys chuckle. I actually watched it. And I said to myself, fuck, I don't understand why this isn't in a theater. Because it's so campy and so foolish. But it's such There's a- really a movie called that? Yeah, dude, with Rutger Hauer. It's fantastic. What the hell? Oh, dude, you, you, yeah, you got you to gotta be around more often. Hobo with a Shotgun is exactly what the title implies. A hobo. Well, I love, I love Rutger Hauer, so uh, I'm almost not ready to d- dismiss that straight out. Yeah, dude, a Hobo with a Shotgun is a, is a, is a gem in and of itself. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's your homework assignment, Hobo with a Shotgun. I think it comes out on Blu-ray June 5th, but, you know, you, you, you can... You need the Blu-ray of that. Yeah, you need the, you need the Blu-ray. That would be amazing. Hour blowing apart, uh, like, a lady's head and just calling her a piece of filth in the trailer. I think the, tra- the trailer's on our site. It is, it is, it is a gem. <laughs> Sounds like an oh, NPR movie night thing. Well, the oh, other... How, how the Mighty Have Fallen, poor Rutger Hauer. Well, you know what's funny? There's a movie that uh, there's a company called Kickstarter that you can donate money to projects and help them get on their feet. And um, oh yeah, they, that's that's how they did the uh, Jens Pulver movie. Got, exactly. That guy got well, deficient uh, funding with that. Yeah, there's a there's a movie on there, and, and Slick reminded me called Velocipaster, about a priest who transforms into a ra- into a Velociraptor and fights crime. Raptor G this. That's what you need next. Just freaking raptor Jesus. Yeah, he the the pastor turns into a he turns into a velociraptor and kills drug dealers. I would watch. See, that, that could be awesome though. I would watch that. It needs funding. I don't know. I don't yeah. know if I put my money in behind it, but if it comes out, I'll watch it. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that sounds like something sci-fi would put on. I mean, it's that level. Yeah, but. Hey, you, yeah, uh, but you know, when when some like independent filmmaker wants to do something really bizarre and it's a, obviously a passion project, and you know they're they're scraping up money to do it. I mean, I respect that. You know, when it's when it's that stupid and there's like a hundred million dollars behind it, that's when you're like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> Pretty much, really. True. This is very true. All right, Dark Helmet. All right, man. I'll catch you later. Thanks, buddy. All right, peace. All right, uh, still bag the last two bit of movie news to help me wrap things up is um, they are they've cast the Kryptonian villainess for the Man of Steel, the character of Faura. She's going to be played by by Angie Trow, who was in Pandorum. She's a German actress, and the the character of Faura was based was seen as AKA Ursa in Superman Two. Now she's going to be playing a character similar to what was played in Smallville. So we got now our villains pretty much set up for Superman. Do you, e- do you even give a shit at this point with Superman? With Zack Snyder? Um, 
No. I mean, even with the, like, the Star Trek thing, like the Star Trek, the J.J. Abrams reboot, I was, I mean, I, I love J.J. Abrams by and large. Like, I like most of his, his stuff, but it's like, I was still like, really? All right, I guess. And it, it took me before everyone saying, no, no, it's really, it's good, it's worth it, you should check it out. You know, so it's kind of the same thing with Superman. It's like when someone's like, oh, we're kind of, we're going to reboot this, it'll be a new take, it should be good. Like, I'm like, I, I you know, I don't believe it. <laughs> when everyone in the world is telling me, no, really, it's good, you should check it out, then maybe. But, True. you know, guilty till proven innocent with that shit. I agree. And uh, to help close out the uh, the movie segment, um, the, and, you know, I don't I don't know how old you are, but if if you've heard of a cartoon called Gem in the eighties, I'm old yeah. enough to remember Gem. Yes, well, here's sort of peripherally. USA Today is reporting that they are bringing Gem back on the retro network, The Hub. The show's going to premiere May 28th, and it's going to be a six-episode marathon, and then it's going to get a regular time slot May 31st at 7 p.m. Gem, of course, ran from 1985 to 1988. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't watch it because, you know, I'm a guy. Yeah, of course, but... This is what's happening. They bring back all the old shit, and I know that Slick, he's going to call in and share his wisdom, and I see him in the switchboard, so let me bring him in. Slick, what do you got, dude? Yeah, now, um... Gem on the hub. I know you're excited. (laughs) (laughs) That's the fucking hub. (laughs) Yeah, but at least they're not making, like, a $100 million live-action movie of it, so there's that. Yeah, I don't mind. I don't mind them just putting it on TV again. The house reports the trash that is Transformers. <laughs> they actually have a decent show, but they're putting it on hiatus so that Michael Bay can bring out his vision. Uh, Michael Bay has a vision? Yeah. It's oh, yeah. What I, wiped, what I wiped from my ass last night after eating chili and drinking it's called, tequila. It's called Blow Some More Shit Up. But it is you made kind of a bad analogy there with the Star Trek to Superman because the thing is, Star Trek has enough different races and enemies, you know, where even with a reboot, you can tell a story that nobody's heard before, which they pretty much did, and it worked out well. Then again, Superman has enough villains where you could do a reboot and use somebody nobody's ever seen on screen before. But no! Let's fucking kneel before Zod again. <laughs> we only did it in the fucking early, in the 70s. We've done it about five times on fucking Smallville. They're doing it tomorrow on Smallville. So let's do it again on the fucking movie. And Pretty much, fine. dude. <laughs> you know, why, why, why do something original when you can bring up something Zod. you did five years ago? That's like good. What did you say? I'm seriously saying how many fucking times will I have to hear Neil before Zod? But I fucking blow my brains out if I hear Neil before Zod. Yeah, you're probably here. <laughs> Alright. Go, go, <laughs> go ahead, man. You got anything else to add? No, that was pretty much. Alright. Well we got um we got five minutes left. I'm gonna let uh we're gonna, I'm gonna wrap this up. All right, man.
All right, brother. Thanks for calling. Peace. Take care. All right, Spill Bag. Um, you know, we're going to wrap it up. Of course, you can catch Spill Bag of Ice on MMA Gospel Wednesdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific on blogtalkradio.com slash MMA Gospel. You can also read his Spilled Bag of Fights column on MMAGospel.com. And, dude, I definitely got to have you on again because you got some really great insight into movies. So Yeah, uh, that's what I was going to say, dude. It would be fun because I'm always talking about MMA on the radio, which I love. But it'd be kind of fun to go in and talk about movies because that's like my other passion, you know. So, oh yeah, we got we got some hardcore movie buffs here, and um, I think it's something we're definitely going to need to to explore further for sure. And one one more thing, since we're talking about movies, I want to plug my buddy James Gunn's movie Super. It's awesome. Oh, yeah. Definitely want to see that. Yeah, you know, shut up, crime. Definitely want to exactly. See that. It's it's really if you like sort of twisted dark comedies. It's 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 awesome. It's and you can watch it if it's not playing in your city. I, it's like on IFC on demand, so you could rent it for like seven bucks or something, eight bucks. Yeah, I, I I've been wanting to see it just because it looks. You know, I'm a huge fan of Kickass. I'm a huge comic buff. So you know that 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 movie captures that and anything involving Kevin Bacon is always you know interesting. Yeah, he's great in it, and Michael Rooker's in it, and I'm a huge Michael Rooker fan. Oh man, he's master of the Cinemax flicks, man. <laughs> he he's just such he's like one of those guys that's like, you know, he doesn't get respect. He's just such a fucking brilliant actor, but he's so nuts and fringe. And like I've actually met the guy. He's like he's like so you'd think he'd be intimidating, but he's like he's like a giant five year old kid. He's just really like lovable, playful, kind of it, it's it's amazing. He's a great dude. <laughs> yeah, I definitely I'll check it out. Yeah, so that's that's my plug of a good movie you can check out. All right, awesome. I, w- I will check it out. Maybe I'll see if I can check it out and review it on the site. Nice. There you go. Anything else you got to plug? Not really. <laughs> All right, brother. Let's. I, I definitely want to set something up to have you back on so we can definitely do some movies for sure. Anytime, man. It'll be fun. All right, man. Thanks for stopping by. You take care of yourself. And thanks for having me on, man. All right, man. Later. Take care. All right, that was Spilled Bag of Ice from MMA Gospel. Like I said, Wednesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 Pacific on blogtalkradio.com slash MMA Gospel. Um, that's pretty much going to wrap it up for tonight. I know we got two minutes left. Um, I usually go and run through all the plugs. Uh, if you want to find out any of the links for any of our past guests and any of our any of the brands that we support, just head over to our link section on MyTakeRadio.com. You can check that out there. Um, running through the links every week is a little repetitive, but again, check that out on the link section. I will acknowledge our buddies at Pure Fight Gear, uh, PureFightGear.org. You can check out all the great work those guys are doing. Definitely support the little the little guy, and with their honest approach to helping underprivileged youth it's 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 a really great cause and if you're an mma fan definitely check them out like i said it's purefightgear.org look them up on twitter twitter.com slash purefightgear and also you can find them on facebook facebook.com slash purefightgear all right folks you just heard my take radio episode 89 for thursday 
April 28, 2011. If you'd like to be a guest or have any questions or concerns, you can email me at mtrhost at mytakeradio.com. If you're on Twitter, you can follow My Take Radio. And if you're on Facebook, look for us, facebook.com slash mytakeradio. And if you want our apps, you can the Android Marketplace or the Apple Marketplace and pick up our apps there. I'll catch you guys next week. I may record the video segment and the video game segment and add it in post. We'll see. Peace. Taking us out this week, Knuckle Blitz, Will Rock, OC Remix, Heroes and Villains Soundtrack.